Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Daydon Tolbert. We have a lot to talk about, so I want to jump right into it. I'm extremely, uh, well, tonight, first of all, before we jump into it, we'll talk about tonight's show. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, metrosexuals. This, this is, that's a term I really don't even like. I really don't even fully know really what that means because, you know, it's become so uh, convoluted in today's society with just, you know, and, and uh, really tonight's topic overall is blurred lines. And, and when you talk about metrosexual, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, man purses and fingernails being painted and eyebrows being arched and tight jeans and tight suit jackets and all types of things like that. And we really just want to shed some light on what is okay and what is gay. You know, we talk a lot about homosexuality here from a biblical perspective, but I want to take it back a little bit tonight, and I want to talk about it just from a male perspective, okay? Because back when I was coming up, certain things as men you just did not say, certain things as men you just did not do. And as we move forward, uh, you know, in 2013, going into 14, there are some things that are going on that just should not be, they're just not right, okay? They're not cool, all right? you know what I'm saying? And we want to talk about what exactly all is going on as far as blurred lines go. Because it's not just with the men, it's not just with metrosexuality, you know, there's a lot of uh, blurred lines in regards to faith. You know, Christians, you know, what does that word even mean? You know, being a follower of Christ nowadays and actually being a downright Satanist, it, the, the line has become very blurred. You know, the the line between um, uh, being a respectable woman and being a downright hoe has become blurred. You know, back in the day, it was, you know, it was just known. It was very clear. You know what was going on—the line between what is a relationship and what is not a relationship. You know, being a friend with benefits and being in a committed relationship—that line has become very blurred. So tonight, we want to talk about all of those issues and um, and, and try to unblur the lines a little bit and try to um, you know shed some light on what is right. And what is not cool? What is of God? What is not of God? So that's what we're in for tonight. Definitely feel, and we, you know, and again, tonight is a uh, a special Ask Daydon Advice edition of the Daydon Tolbert Show. So, and you, if you've ever heard an Ask Daydon Advice show, you know that we we take questions specifically sent from you guys sending from all over the world, and we talk about them in the realest way possible. If you guys have questions throughout the show, feel free to call in live to 646-200-0366, or I'll be checking my email throughout the show. You can send all questions over to askdaydon at uh, trctoday.com. My co-host Courtney is with me tonight. Courtney, how are you this evening? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited about tonight's show. How do you feel about metrosexuality? Is that something you're into? Yeah, I think it's pretty sexy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you serious? Are you joking? <laughs> that was a joke. Oh, all right. Uh, that clearly went over your head. But no, um, yeah. I there's no such thing. There's no such thing as either you're gay or you're not. I don't know why people are trying to you know, put this little in between label there. I don't I don't care for it. I don't like it. Right. Well yeah, and, and you know what, Courtney, it's it's unfortunate, um, that 
you know, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I know you pretty well. We joke around with each other, but nowadays, I mean, you know, I really got to ask because in today's society, there are a lot of women, you know, who actually find it sexy. Not saying that you're one of them. I'm glad to hear that you're not. But those a lot of times are the women who who end up having sex with these men and giving these men compliments and and and, and sweating them and, and you know chasing after them even to the point where it it makes those men and then other men see that type of attention and say whoa this is working for him or this is you know this has worked for me in the past let me keep this up this jacket was tight let me get one a little bit tighter these jeans just aren't tight enough matter of fact. Skinny jeans aren't enough. Let me go ahead and wear some capris with some loafers on. You know, oh, Dwayne Wade does it. LeBron James did it. Kobe Bryant has on some, you know what I mean, Brian Westwood. Like, it's it's getting crazy out here. You know, I mean, you, you've seen these athletes and celebrities making this thing popular. Yeah, I, I mean, I see it all the time on TV and even in public every day. Um, and I can't say that I like it at all. Like the the tight jeans, the whole skinny jeans. Like you can't be a straight man and wear skinny jeans. Those two don't go hand in hand. If you wear skinny jeans, then you're gay. And I just I hate it. I really hate that look. You shouldn't be wearing them unless you're a woman. Right. So look, this is what we'll do. We'll we'll table that for a little bit. We're gonna come back to that. You know, we have a lot to say about that. We're gonna be talking about blurred lines as a whole. A um, couple couple uh, quick pieces of information. A lot is going on in the news. Uh, real quick, uh, first, thank you to everyone who tuned in and has been tuning in over the last week. A lot of classic shows. Our last live show was, what was that, uh, Sunday night, I believe. Right, Courtney? Yeah. Sunday night. A lot of people have been talking about our special on Scandal, our Season 2 Scandal Recap, where we talked about black fathers and the things that uh, we as men need to do in general, but specifically to keep our daughters off the poles, to keep our daughters out of the beds of men targeting them for sex. The things that black men need to do to help avoid having their daughters becoming somebody's Friday night freak. These women out there, there's not a woman in the, on the planet and I, and I I say this with all um with a, a very high level of certainty. And this may be considered controversial. I'm sure some people will disagree, but I don't believe that there is any black woman who aspires to be like Olivia Pope in any way. Not saying you can't enjoy the show, but that actually aspires to live that type of lifestyle and looks up to what she has. There's not a woman on the planet who had a father in their life who loves them and was there for them. I'm making that statement, and I'm sticking by that statement. If you want to prove me wrong on that statement, give me a call. But I don't believe that if you grew up with a father telling you that you're beautiful and that you're special and that your body is a temple and he was there for you, you know, and talks about and looks forward to, you know, walking you down the aisle and, having a, a father-daughter dance at your wedding and is there to answer questions for you about men and to give you advice and to just put the fear of God in these men who show up at the doorstep wanting to take you out on a date. There's not a woman on the planet who would have that type of environment, grew up seeing her father and mother being in a great relationship that would aspire to have a, a, a relationship like Olivia Pope has with President Fitzgerald. Okay? 
you don't it, it doesn't work like that. You're you're going to if you have that type of lifestyle, if you have that type of father in your life, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, you're going to aspire for for greatness. Okay. Is that something you can agree with, Courtney? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I I do. So hopefully everybody got a chance to tune into that show. We we really kept it 100% real. It was a show that a lot of people had ask, been asking for, you know, what about the men, what about the men. Well, we talked about the real reasons, you know, what's going on with black women, but we also talked about exactly what these men need to do in regards to their daughters. So, you know, if you missed that, check out on iTunes, you know, uh, or DadonTolbertShow.com. A lot of great classic shows, even before that, our show on Betrayal, just, I mean, so many, Definition of Love, Gender role reversal, race relations, uh, a lot of stuff going on. In fact, I'll be rebroadcasting that tomorrow night if you missed it. My, make sure you, we won't be live tomorrow, but definitely tune in to the rebroadcast of my all-time classic special on race relations, you know, uh, in, in regards to the black community and where we stand as far as how we view ourselves as well as how we are view, are being viewed by the world. And we did an in-depth analyzation of Lee Daniels' movie, The Butler. So definitely check that out. One of the realest shows I've done uh, in our history, specifically talking about the black community as a whole and where you know what we need to do as a people, some things that we're doing well, but some you know where we need to, um, you know where we need to go going forward. A lot of good shows coming up. I think of new shows every day. A um, couple shows where just to give you guys a um, you know a quick preview, relationship recycling. We're going to be talking about that, Courtney. You know how it goes. A lot of people they end up. Uh, you know, you know, re, kind of reverting back to the things and the relationships from the past, behaviors from the past, um, allowing people, ex-boyfriends, ex-jump-offs, ex-friends with benefits into their life, not necessarily because they love those situations, but because there's a, a, a fear of being alone. There is a lack of faith in God, and we want to talk about those situations. So definitely relationship recycling. Um, another thing, we're going to be talking about chivalry. Excuse me, chivalry and whether or not it's dead in 2014. Uh, we talked the other night about sex games. What exactly? What games are being played? We still got our reality show special to do. Where we're going to tie in all of this, uh, you know, pretty much all the reality shows and and link them together in regards to, you know, what similarities we're seeing uh, in the black community. So a lot of good shows. I say all that to say, a lot of good stuff coming up here, guys. I'm so excited about where this show is going. You think you've heard information? You haven't heard anything yet compared to what we're going to be doing in the coming uh, in the coming weeks. Another show, okay? And I've been posting this the, this link the last couple of days. As you guys know, October you should know is um, Cancer Awareness you know uh, month, but also you may or may not know it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And over the last six years, okay, you guys may not know this, we've done Ten, okay, ten specials, which is more than any other show that I've ever heard of. Probably it's got to be the most in history, to be honest with you. I don't know of another show that spends this much time talking about and shedding light on domestic violence. We've done, and you can Google them all. They're all in the archives. Uh, Ten specials, ten spotlights on domestic violence awareness where you guys have heard nothing but, you know, women like yourself. And you know, Christian women telling how they were beaten, stabbed, kicked, you know, punched in front of their children, 
couple men, you know, who are also recipients of domestic violence. So if you haven't heard one of those specials, I posted the link of one of the better ones. Well, they're all, I mean, they're all, you know, as good as they get. You know what I mean? It's not one that's better because they're all actual stories from pe- from victims and survivors telling their stories, firsthand accounts, stuff that will, you know, blow your mind. So listen to the, you know, this is, we won't be doing another live one, you know what I'm saying, but that one, and, and if you want to listen to others, definitely make it make some time this month to just, you know, hear that stuff, hear these stories, you know, to hear what actually is going on out here. I know you've been around for some of these uh, these these specials. Um, I know I know you haven't really been in an abusive relationship per se, uh, not physical at least. But any any advice that you would give to someone who may be out there hurting as a recipient of domestic violence? I mean, I I would definitely, you know, tell those that, um, you know, are hurting and, and going through domestic violence um, to definitely first, you know, most importantly, get out of that. But more so than that, just really know and believe that you deserve better. Because I know a lot of women, they stay in it because, you know, the man is, you know, he'll do little things. You know, he may hit the woman, but he may turn around and buy her flowers or make her feel special. But none of that excuses that type of behavior. There's no reason that anyone should put your hands, their hands on you. So I would definitely tell those women just to really embrace, you know, the love that God has for you and love yourself and just definitely walk away because there is much better out there. Uh, you don't right. deserve that. Right. And when you guys hear this show, if you if you guys haven't been, if you're newer listeners or you haven't really, um, you know, heard uh, any of the, the, the rebroadcasts in the past, you've heard, you know, we've asked them, you know, hey, well, okay, he, he punched you in the face. Why did you stay? Well, I felt like I deserved it. I didn't feel like there was anything better. And these are actually, like, I, I'm so excited. Like, there's you will never hear stories like this anywhere else. It's like, you know, as real as it gets. And, and it's it'll most women are like in tears, and most people, you know, it's it's very emotional stuff when you hear these uh, these firsthand accounts. So definitely check it out, and um, you know, when you get some time, it's on my uh, all my pages. It's in the the friends of the Dayton Tolbert Show group. You can Google domestic violence on the Dayton Tolbert Show, and any of the the ten will come up for you. And just take your pick. They're all very similar, all very different women. So you figure if they're about five. You know, women on each show. You know what I mean. So if you, if you you know, you add that up, you know, or times that by ten, you know what I'm saying. We're talking about a lot of victims, and that's just here on this show. You know what I'm saying. Different women who've all who are all telling similar stories. That just shows you how real it is out here. Everyday women, just like many of my Facebook friends, many of people, some of your Facebook friends, maybe. So everyone's anonymous though too. Or actually, some people were, some people weren't, but they chose to to not be anonymous. So you know what I mean? Definitely check it out. And that's, you know, honestly, that's that's as important as it gets. If you, you know, we can talk about, you know, metrosexuality, how to find love, how to avoid being a jump, I mean, that's all important. But you know, these are lives that are, you know, these are women who've been shot, stabbed. You know what I'm saying? Like dragged from cars. So this is this is deep stuff out here. A couple things that I also wanted to talk about. Now. Listen, I'm a stand-up guy, all right? I'm a man. I am a, I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. I have no problem saying, hey, look, you know, this is something that I said. And I, I don't take back things that I say, and I'm not going to do that tonight. However, 
some of you may remember, and some of you guys listen with the notepad out. So I know, you know, I got to be on point when I say things, and, and I, I never contradict myself, and I'm, I make it a point not to contradict myself. But some of you may remember back in the day, uh, not even back in the day, maybe like last year or so, sh- sh- like shortly after, uh, Cl- uh, was it Chloe and Lamar Odom began dating, you know, there was a show where we spent some time at the beginning, I forget what show it was, but we spent some time talking about the interaction between Khloe Kardashian and Lamar Odom. And I had a lot of good things to say about Khloe Kardashian. You guys may remember, many of you remember it like it was yesterday. I remember it like it was yesterday. had a lot of good things to say based on the like the first episode or the first couple episodes of uh, her new reality sh- or the show that they did together, Khloe and Lamar. And one of the things that I was saying was, like, I like the way that, you know, she supported him. Like, when he wanted to be an all-star, she was actively campaigning. And just their communication and, um, you know, the lack of the attitude and never really demeaning him as a man. And just, you know, I had a lot of good things to say about their relationship and how they interact, but specifically about her and how she can. Courtney, do you remember that show? Yeah, I do. I do. I I want to, like I said, I, and I stand by those things because at the time, that's what it was. That's what we as as you know viewers saw, based on actually that's all really all we ever have to go off is what we see. So based on what we saw, what I saw, I saw some good things about it. However, <laughs> you know, and, and, but here's the thing: I was very careful. Do you guys remember the show? Very careful not to say. Chloe Kardashian was emotionally available. I was very careful, certainly very careful, not to say anything remotely close to Lamar Odom being what I would consider an elite man. However, I kept it for what it was and said, hey, based on what we see, I like I like the way they interact with e- with each other. I wanted, it, Obviously, you guys have been watching the news. You've been hearing some things. They're going through a lot. He's going through a lot. This is what I'll say about that. You guys have to realize, no matter who it is, no matter what type of situation it is, any relationship that is founded upon emotional unavailability, okay, is destined for failure. We've predicted and predicted and predicted time after time after time, whether it was Evelyn and Chad. I mean, I mean, we, we, you don't need to, me to go through the. You know how many shows and how many demises of relationships we specifically have predicted here on this show. You know what I mean? And they've all come to fruition. Now, unfortunately... Their relationship is no different. I just, you know, there have been a lot of things. It will be confirmed officially in the next few weeks. I can guarantee you that. Um, that Chloe and Lamar have separated and are, you know, filing for divorce. That that I guarantee that will happen. You know what I'm saying? It's just a matter of time. Um, and, I'm, and I'm upset. You know, I don't like to be right. But there was a video that I came across um, where Chloe, you know, she's been hanging out with the game. Many of you may watch Marrying the Game, the game, and, uh, you know, was it Tiffany? They they have their little you know, engagement on and off again type of thing. There's a video, and evidently Chloe and the game have been hanging out, doing some type of fitness crap, you know, that he has going on, whatever. They've become friends, hanging out, different things. See, now there are rumors that they are a little bit more than friends and have become more than friends in this period where she's been going through what she's been going through. Is that true? Is that not true? I don't know. But here's the thing. I came across a video where she was leaving the club late at night with the game. And this is the thing. 
when you are married, okay, ladies, I don't care what the situation is. You know, it gives a very you ha- as a woman, it is on you to make sure that the appearance of of impropriety is non-existent. Okay, that means there no one can say that hey, this is what I saw her doing or I saw her with him and this is what appeared to be going. There they're not going to be rumors. If you guys look through Proverbs 31 and if you guys heard our special where we talked about exactly what a virtuous woman is, what a true Proverbs 31 woman is, you remember a little bit, I don't have it in front of me, but there's a, a, a scripture there that pertains specifically to um, being not giving the appearance of anything going on with the male servants, you know, doing things for the female servants specifically to not um, give the appearance of any type of infidelity. And that's a, that's a part of being a wife is going out of your way to make sure that you have 100% trust from your husband. When, and so clearly hanging out with, with a guy who's a known womanizer, a known player, you know, going to the club, leaving 2, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, you know what I'm saying, with somebody, you know, who, who has that type of reputation, that's just not a good look as a married woman. You understand that? And evidently the Kardashians throughout their their lives and their careers just have not done a good job of, well, first, I mean, because they're hoes, they obviously have not done a good job of, of not giving the appearance of being hoes. You can't pretend to be something that you're not. And it's um, upsetting, and it's, you know, I'm not going to say upsetting, I could really care less, but it's, you know, it's unfortunate that Chloe has fallen into the same trap that her sister has. Were you aware of that new this, this the ongoing and developing story? Not about um, her reaction, not reaction, interaction with the game. I didn't know about that, but I did yeah, know that. I, I oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Uh, no, no, go ahead. What were you going to say about? Because you didn't know what. Oh, I was going to say I didn't. Um, I didn't know about you know that backstory. I didn't know all that stuff was going on. Had no idea. Yeah, I think that just happened over the last couple of days, last 24 hours, 48 hours, some, something like that. I just posted the link in the uh, Friends of Data on Talbot Show. And, you know, it's clearly her. You know, like they're literally leaving the club together. I mean, and it's like even if they are just friends, like I said, that's not – that's there hasn't even been the official announcement that they're even separated, you know, her and Lamar. So it's just like no matter how you slice it, it's not cool, period. You know what I'm saying? It's not okay. You're not going to see – my wife leaving any club at four o'clock in the morning, or, in, or you know what I'm saying? It's just not a good look. That's and so, and this is again where we get into the blurred lines: what's okay and what's not okay. If you guys caught our special on betrayal, what is okay in relationships, in and out of relationships, and what's not? What is betrayal? What is not? What's cheating? What's not? Definitely check out that show. The, the lines of what's okay and what's not have become so blurred over the over the years. You know, it's 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 sickening. It's disgusting, and that's what we want, what we want to talk about uh, the, on this evening. Um, now, speaking of the Kardashians, you guys have been listening. You know, and my wife, <laughs> I had to tell her. I told her, so she already knows what it is. We spent a lot of time over the years talking about the Kardashians. There's a show if you if you um, 
you know, go back through the archives and Google, you know, the emotional unavailability of Kim or, you know, the Kardashians, something about the Kardashians on the Day Don Talbot show. There will be a show that comes up where we spend a great deal of time talking about her and them, and I 100% predicted. The first time I saw the show, I was like, you know what, Bruce and Chris Jenner are, are headed for a splitsville. Like they're, I mean, that's like guaranteed. I've, in fact, like of all the couples that we've ever discussed, there's never been someone where I've been like, you know, a couple where I've been like more, um, you know, clear and certain that they were headed for divorce. And if you guys have been watching the news or keeping up with the headlines, they just announced, I have the article here, I didn't get a chance to post it, but they recently, um, in fact, I'll read it, it says Chris Jenner, this is the headline, Chris Jenner, Bruce Jenner split, no prenuptial agreement uh, with a $125 million fortune at stake could result in a messy divorce for the couple. Uh, here's a quote from them. It says, Bruce and Chris Jenner say they will always remain best friends despite the split. You hear about this, Courtney? <laughs> no, I didn't. I was just mad at that last part, remain best friends. What are they talking about? Like, that's crazy. But I'm not. I'm not surprised. But that last part kind of threw me off, though. Here's the thing. I watch the show. My wife, that's one of the reality shows that we watch on a on a regular basis. And um it's just, it's interesting. you got if you guys listen to the show, you already know. Like we I've predicted this on a number of occasions. Like we've spent time talking like years ago, not like last week or like like years ago. You know, I said it's just a matter of time. Same thing with Kim and Kanye, same thing with with uh what's her name? Courtney and Scott these are all just a matter of time. You understand? I guarantee that Halle Berry and, and uh, um, uh, not is it Gabriel? Yeah, uh, not you guys know who the heck I'm talking. I forget his name, man. Not is it Gabriel Ultra? Is that the the first dude? Yeah, the first dude. You talking about uh, Olivier Martinez? Uh, the... Yes, thank you, thank you, Olivier yeah. Martinez. Her too. See, you can't build a relationship on on emotional unavailability. There's a show. One of the classic show in, in history uh here on this show where we've talked about we did a show on uh the emotional unavailability of Halle Berry, how she's the poster child for emotional unavailability. And so we don't do these types of shows. We don't talk about these issues to just gossip and uh, no. These are these shows, this show in general is is, you know, an opportunity to help you as women see, hey, here are some very well-known, recognizable people, and these are situations that they find themselves in. So let me look at these things and to self-reflect within my life to see if there's anything that I'm doing as far as behavior or as far as relationships that could in any way resemble what they're doing so that I can have a different result from them. I'm not talking about... Chris Jenner and, and Scott, I mean, excuse me, Chris Jenner and Bruce or, or, or Chloe or Courtney and, you know, any of their situations. I'm only talking about it so you guys can see, hey, me and Scott, me, me, you know, me and my boyfriend have a similar relationship to Courtney and Scott. You know, I talk to my boyfriend similar in a similar manner that Chris Jenner talks to Chris. I mean, uh, these names are so confusing, man. They all, like, just... You guys know what I'm Bruce. Bruce. They have the most dysfunctional or had the most dysfunctional marriage in the history of marriages. It was ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? This dude, I mean, he had, he went out and rented an apartment, you know, like a condo, 
you know, just to be away from his wife. You oh, know yeah, what I'm I saw that. Like mm-hmm. crazy. You know what I mean? Like craziness. You know, I mean, there's so much. Are you, are you, are you watch the show now? I thought you didn't watch it. I don't watch the show, but when I was flipping channels, I caught that part. Yeah, just foolishness. And there have been, I mean, that's just like one instance. I mean, she, she, I mean, the fact that she cheated on her first husband, the father of Courtney, you know, the, the Kardashian girls, he, she cheated on him with a dude. Really, the guy who's who's really Chloe's father, because she's you know she got, I mean that hasn't been confirmed yet. Well, that's you know what I'm obvious. Saying? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's obvious. <laughs> I mean, they, they even wrote it into the storyline. She she didn't even want to take a, a paternity test because deep down she knows what's up. You know what I mean? Like, and they were like, "Yo, Chloe, why don't you just do it? Why don't you just do it to silence all the?" And she's just like, "No," I don't, and she was like getting mad. Like it's so obvious. So that level of dysfunction is there, but then uh, just the fact that um, I mean, I, I mean, we could be here all night. We're, we're going to talk about reality, um, and like I said, in the upcoming show with like all of the shows, entire thing together. But so much dysfunction, okay? So you know, even with Kim, you see a lot of the search for love, and I've said you know a lot. Kim gets a uh, a a very bad rap. A lot of people are saying a lot of the stuff she does is, is is fake, and she's just you know she has I mean she's not a bad person. She's I, I don't not not you guys don't hear me say a lot of I have I mean you compare her to like people like Beyonce. I mean I don't have anything on that level of like to say about Kim Kardashian. I believe she's more like so many women out here that I work with privately in that she is just looking for love. She's obviously going about it in the very wrong way. You know, she's having sex. She's getting with the bad boys. She's just going from relationship to relationship. She She's made some mistakes as far as the sex tape and other things like that. But at the end of the day, I believe she's, those tears are real. She really just wants love, and um, it's just unfortunate. And that's the case with so many women out here in today's society. They just, they're not hoes. You know, they don't want... Um, you know, to be, you know, just sex, somebody's sex toy, but it's just, you know, circumstances and situations have led to them being in, you know, relationship after relationship, situation after situation. And uh, next thing you know, they've been with like 20 dudes. You know, it's not that hard. Let's, I mean, you see, here's the thing. A lot of times put people put, they define being a hoe based on sexual number. That's not what I do. You, you'll never hear me say you're a hoe because you've slept with 20 people or because you've had 15 partners. We'll talk about sexual numbers in regards to what most men will feel comfortable, you know, uh, committing to as far as that goes. But you'll never hear me say, okay, she's a hoe because of X, Y, and Z number. I know that a lot of times people, you know, at the end of the day, they're good women, but and many of you, you know, you may have a higher sexual number, but it's not because you're just out here having sex with random dudes, you know, after the party. A lot of times it's, you know, you had, say, you know, six or seven actual relationships. Sex just happened to go down. That's seven right there off the bat, actual committed relationships or relationships you thought were committed. Okay, that's seven right there. Outside of those relationships, you know, you may have had a little bit of fun, maybe like, you know, Three, three, four people that it was you knew what it was. It was just sex. Now, some other situations you may have thought 
obviously erroneously, but thought nonetheless that those situations were going to become relationships. So that's another, let's say, five or six people where you kind of just fell for the okey-doke. There you go. That's like, I don't even know, that's like, what, 15, 16, 17, just right there off the bat. And that's very easy to end up at 15 partners. Somebody might say, oh, she's a hoe. She's been with 15 bodies. I wouldn't say that. I don't. That's, the, that's where it gets into being judgmental. I'm not going to judge what their sexual number means to them. You know what I'm saying? Because some people may have just had 15 one-night stands. Other people might have been what I described. That doesn't make you a hoe. It maybe, maybe makes you a little naive. Maybe it means you didn't have a father growing up. It means you, didn't, you weren't aware of the Data on Tolbert show over the last six or seven years. But that doesn't mean you're a hoe. See, we don't judge here on this show. We're here to change lives. We're here to save lives. We're here to know, regardless what your past has been, help you have a, the future that you want. You know what I'm saying? That's why you know I have no tolerance for anyone who says negative things like, oh, you're judging or you're bashing women. I mean, what are we here for? Why do I do counseling to help women change their lives? That's not for ratings. You know what I'm saying? That's, this is for... This is to help people really rebound and to, and to see and, and achieve what God has for their lives. That's what we're all here for. So uh, so there's that. Like I told you, we have a lot to talk about tonight, if you couldn't tell. Just joining in, uh, you know, we're talking about tonight blurred lines. And that just in these conversations, you see how blurred the lines can be between a good marriage, next thing you know, someone is separating. You know, hopefully no one, that 22 years. I think something like that, 20 years, 20 like that they've been married. You see, I was, I forgot, to, you know, I was kind of lost my train of thought, but yeah, she cheated on the, the first husband with, you know, with the dude. And when now that she was with, with Bruce, she was about to cheat on him again with the other dude, with the same dude she cheated on the first husband with. They showed that right there, so much so that to the fact that, uh, what is it, uh, Kim, and uh, I think it was uh, one of the, uh, the sisters, they followed her. They followed her and spied on her while she met up with the dude while she's still married with Bruce, married to Bruce. Absolute craziness. And I'm just like, wow. I told, we watch it. I told my wife, I'm like, yo, I promise you. And she'll I'll get her on the line right now. I told her I, two years ago, three years, I said, look, they will be divorced in the next few years. She's like, yeah, you're probably right. You know what I mean? Clearly. So it's unfortunate, but understand what I say. And what, the things I say will happen if, you, you know what I'm saying, you, you go outside of you got to be emotionally available. Your relationship has to be rooted in Christ. If it's not, it's a wrap, plain and simple. All right? In fact, I said, gave some advice to the ladies. I said, ladies, if you have the type of mentality where you think that all men are untrustworthy and you're just kind of waiting for them to to mess up and you think that they're just, um, you know, dogs and, you know, looking, they can't commit, don't want to commit, can't be faithful, don't want to keep it in their pants. Well, then you should actually continue, you know, to, uh, to uh, you should expect to continue attracting men that you can't trust and who will treat you in that manner if you have that way of thinking. Courtney, was there, I know you've been through some things, you've been through some situations. Did you ever develop a mentality that all men cheat or all men are dishonest? Yes, and I would actually let them know, I'm waiting on you to mess up. <laughs> I would actually say that um, because, it, you know, the because of the trust issues going back to childhood and, 
you know, the whole daddy issues um, thing. And so, yeah, each time I, I would think, like, I would just wait. It was like I wouldn't um, let my guard down because it was like in the back of my head I knew that this time would be like the last. This person would hurt me, really because I wasn't healed over, you know, the past. And so I was continuing to attract those types of men, you know, the as we talk about on the show all the time, the liars, cheaters, dogs, manipulators, because I never gave myself a, a chance to really heal over it, uh, over those situations, and that causes you to have an emotional wall up. Yeah, absolutely. One of the last, um, well, one of the better shows that we've done over the last few weeks, probably about maybe almost a month now, was how to rebound, I think it was a Sunday night actually, how to rebound from a broken heart, how to heal from a failed relationship. You know, that was a very highly rated show. It was one of the featured shows on my site for for a couple of weeks. A lot of people tuned into that. That that show was all about how to get over the emotional effects of dealing with a liar, a cheater, a manipulator, and ultimately find love. And, it, you know, if you really look at this show and just what we're all about here, I can't think of a more important show that we could possibly talk about because what woman out here has not had her heart broken at one point? I've counseled well over 500 women. Not one of them is was or at the time when we spoke emotionally available. That's why I tell everyone, if you're a single woman, reach out to me. Do a free emotional availability assessment. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. I can almost guarantee there's something going on that would lead to you being being emotionally unavailable. Not saying you're a bad person, but may, most likely just things that you may or may not have realized about yourself. But if you know, if you think you're the the one out of five hundred that we speak, and you'd be like, "Oh, don't worry about it, everything's good," you know, <laughs> give me a call, let me know. But that would be, you would literally be the first. You know, a lot of testimonies, a lot of lives have been changed as a result. I can't stress enough. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, but if you grew up without a father, if you've been in a, a you know a bad relationship, it, it may or may not be, you know, all the way you know going. That those feelings may still be um, a little bit. Because remember, it has to be a hundred percent emotional available. You might be ninety-two percent emotionally available. You know, 85%. But see, here's the thing. What man wants 85% of your heart? What man wants 90% of your heart? No one. You know, God won't bless you with a husband if you're 90% emotion. You might say, well, 90%, that's, in, in school, that was an A. That was an A, A minus. Yeah, okay. In school, that was fine. But in dating, it's pass or fail. It's either you're emotionally available or you're not. And if you're not, then that means you're only going to be attracting men sent from the devil to destroy you. Okay, that so just just think about that. Something to think about. Let's um let's keep it moving. Courtney, did you? I'm gonna post this link in the in the uh, group. Did you see that we talked? I think we talked about it the other night. There's a commercial, the the Mercedes commercial, where they're talking about um, you know, a car that you don't have to sell. You know, you want to sell your soul for, but a a price where you don't have to. Did you see that? I heard about that. I, I heard about it, but I didn't actually see it. You said it's commercial. I haven't seen it. 
Yeah, it's it's two commercials. It's one commercial that just talks about the car. You know, it talk, it's like the new CLA, Mercedes-Benz CLA. And I've always been in the Mercedes. I've had, you know, several over the course of my life. And, um, you know, they're cool. They're nice cars. But you're paying for the name. You're paying for the status and, the you know what I'm saying, all that stuff. But it says their new logo or slogan, I should say, is style you sell your soul for but with a price that lets you keep it. And there's a there's a follow-up commercial to it, which is interesting. They got the guy from Spider-Man, the dad from Spider-Man, uh, the villain, the Green Goblin dude, who's basically playing the part of the devil, where the guy is sitting there, you know, he's, he sees, like, the car, and he's like, man, I want it. And so the devil, he, <laughs> this is crazy. I'm going to tell you all where I, this is really wow. crazy. The, he's, he's fantasizing about having the car, and he wants it so bad that the devil appears, and he's like, "Hey, you sure?" And I'm, you know, I'm paraphrasing if you've seen it, but he's basically saying, "Like, yes, you can, you can have it. All you've got to do is sign right here, and you know, it can all be yours." But basically, signing would be selling your soul to the devil for a car, and then, and then at the end, he's like, uh, "No, nah, you know what? I think I got this one on my own." And the devil gets mad, and he disappears. He's like, "Poof!" He no longer he decides not to sell his soul because the price is actually affordable. Do you guys see what's happening here? These these guys, these these sick bastards in Hollywood and entertainment, these Satanists, they are they are see what you guys don't realize is that that's actually how it happens. That's actually what happens. When people sell their soul, they see something. They they almost pray for something so much and yearn for it and long for it, almost become obsessed with it to the point that they're willing to do any and everything for it. That's when the enemy appears and they say, hey, whatever, I need these millions of dollars. Meek Mill said, when they asked me would I sell my soul for a Maserati, he said, no, but a hundred mil, and I said, probably. That's exactly what happens. He said he would probably sell his soul for a hundred million dollars. There are so many other celebrities who have done the same thing. Mercedes-Benz knows that. The guy, you know, these people, the powers that be, they already know the deal. And so they're putting this stuff right into these commercials. They're putting it into movies. They're putting it into music. It's becoming popular to be a, to be. I know it sounds weird, but to be a Satanist, you know what I'm saying? It's become cool to sell your soul. Is that not just the the most sick thing ever? That's very sick. It's 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 getting. Um... I don't even want to say out of hand. It's just because it shouldn't even be happening in the first place. Like, we shouldn't even be seeing that on TV. We shouldn't be seeing that in the media. But it, as crazy as that is, it's still going over people's heads. It's like a lot of people see that commercial, and they probably wouldn't have even thought, you know, thought twice about it. That's crazy to me. The world is crazy. Mm-hmm. The world is very crazy, you know. And this is this is the world that we live in. Jay-Z has a song uh, him and was it you know him and Kanye West have a uh, I just posted the link by the way the uh, Chris Jenner and uh, Bruce Jenner separation I posted it in the Friends of the Dana Tolbert Show group the, uh, the the link if you guys want to uh, listen or read the article but um, what the heck was I about to say oh Jay Z Jay Z and Kanye there's a song entitled No uh, entitled No Church in the Wild and a lyric here that I'm going to be posting in you know in a little bit. You know, it says, what's a God to a non-believer who don't believe in anything? Interesting question. It's a good point, actually. You know, I mean, just, see, you guys have to, 
really break down these lyrics. What's a God to, you know, what is God to someone who is a non-believer and he doesn't believe in anything? That's a great question, and the answer is nothing. That is, there, there is no God. God has no power. That's why some people say, well, you know, how are so many people actively selling their souls to Satan? Well, the reason for that is explained right here in Jay-Z's song, No Church in the Wild. The reason is because you don't, if you don't believe in God to begin with, and you really don't believe in anything except the importance of money, well, then you're not really too worried about going to hell. You're not really too worried about hurting God's feelings or angering God because what's a God to a non-believer who doesn't believe in anything? See, see, we as Christians, we see it so, it's like so glaring, like right in our faces. It's like, yo, we know the power of God. We know what's going on. We know what happens when you die without accepting the Lord, you know, as your Savior. You go to hell. Well, if you don't even believe in hell, that's not going to scare you. See, that scares me. But it's not going to scare someone if they don't believe anything. You know, and exactly. so, yeah, and that's, that's Jay-Z, you know, he doesn't. These people are not believers. You know, Meek Mill, he doesn't believe in God. You know, he made a song called Amen, where he's talking about effing. He says, he even says, I want to thank God for allowing me to, to smash so many pretty women. Like, who says something like that? That's literally the most blasphemous song in the history of music. Meek Mill's song, Amen. If you really listen to it, you know, it's some bad bitches, you know what I'm saying, in, in this house, Amen. Who uh, you know what I'm saying? You you say amen after a prayer, and you're thanking God for allowing you to fornicate, allowing God to be able to you know thanking God for allowing you to smoke blunts and you know be a millionaire and, and it, it's just it's ridiculous, you know and and it's unfortunate because the people that are making the music in a lot of cases, are the actual people who don't believe in anything. But the people who put out the music, the people who write the checks, those are the people who know full well the power of God, but just choose to serve a different master. See, a lot of y'all don't watch these YouTube videos. A lot of y'all don't really know what happens, you know, in the music industry. As we get into our discussion on metrosexuality, homosexuality, a lot of people don't realize that the music industry, the, the the entertainment industry as a whole, is controlled by rich white people, many of which are actually homosexual, are actually gay. There have been, I'm not going to say any names, but there are people in the industry, in the industry. I interviewed Mark Curry, former bad boy artist. Worked very closely with it. I interviewed him on my show. I posted the link last week. You guys can hear what he had to say about the industry. I mean, but, I mean, you know, there's tons of artists out there who have spoken about what is necessary to be done and to be successful in the entertainment industry. You understand that? You have to have sex with people. You have to sacrifice your manhood, your faith, your goal, your... your, your uh, your morals, your values, your religion, all of that is out the window if you want to be commercially successful and worldwide, you know, known worldwide and to have these millions and, and to have all that is gone because the people who control it 
and many the game when he was going through his stuff with Fifty Cent, he even exposed Fifty Cent. You know, talking about you soldier. So he even mocked him. I'll find the link if I can. Mocked him. You know how people be covering up their eye to, to symbolize the eye of Horus, you know, uh, Satan? He even was like, yeah, all this, you know, all that all that gay stuff. You, you sucked a couple, da-da-da, you know what I'm saying, just to get rich. You sold your soul. He's like, I'm not into all that. And he covered up his eye. Like, I'm, all that gay stuff, I'm not into that. I ain't doing none of that selling my soul. So that's all. I'll leave that to 50 Cent. That, that, he exposed them in the heat of the moment and exposed all the things that 50 Cent had to do to get to that $500 million mark where he's at now. This stuff is real. Celebrities talk about this stuff all the time. You just have to seek it out. The stuff we talk about here on the show is not hard to research for so many people because they are non-believers who claim to not believe in anything. The problem with it is on Judgment Day, you're going to believe. The Bible says that one way or another, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So Jay-Z... 50 Cent, Diddy, all these people out there, Beyonce, who Kanye, who like to make a mockery, who think it's cool to wear this uh, you know, black and white. You guys notice that? Everybody's wearing black and white now, the Miley Cyrus stripes, the checkers. Have you noticed the zebra stuff? You, Rihanna, you know what I'm saying? You see it all. It's not a fad. It's not a trend. I'll tell you what it is in a second. But have you seen that, Corey? Have you seen the trend? Everybody's wearing black and white. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, did you see the um cover for um uh, Michelle from Destiny's Child? She had like black and white and then I think it's called Fire, the name of her C D or her album and she had like red lipstick on. Those color schemes it's it's everywhere. Yeah. you know, obviously if you guys know the the red, black, white and silver is the is the um you know, that's the colors of of the satanic flag. That's kinda like their whole their whole thing, that's their their colors. But also, which you may or may not know, the black and white checkerboard is is clear and blatant Illuminati symbolism. You know what I'm saying? Just Google that. Look it up. Like, what is black and white? What is the checkerboard symbolized? What does it represent? And it just represents the Illuminati influence, a satanic influence. You'll see so many commercials. You'll see music videos. You'll see, you know, the Kardashians floor. Is that some people say? Well, maybe they just like that pattern. No, listen, it's not. That's not it, guys. It's not that everyone just likes that pattern. That's that's what that symbolizes. You have to really look into the Church of Satan. You have to look into Masonic imagery. You understand that? Like that's what it is, and that's why it's so. You know, a lot of times subtle, sometimes blatant. Like a lot of times you'll see people performing on a black and white checkerboard at these award shows just to symbolize what's going on. Now, if you if you guys know, it's Robin Thicke. And at the VMAs, Courtney, you saw the performance. What color? What kind of outfit did he have on? He had uh, the black and white. I don't know if it was checkered. Maybe it was stripes, but yeah, no, it, it was, was black and white. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It was black and white stripes. Miley Cyrus, she had on the same thing. You know what I'm saying? At another uh, another uh, performance that she did recently. Uh, you know, I mean, so you'll see it. It's like the new trend. It's the new fad. It's, it's not a coincidence. You know, the influence of the Illuminati is spreading. They're becoming more and more blatant with the 666, you know, the hand symbol. And so I don't want to talk about that all night, but, you know, you have to look at what's going on around you. And and once you understand and see what's going on around you, so much stuff will start to make sense to you. You will see it everywhere once you know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? You'll see it on these kids' shows. You'll see it on award shows. You'll see it on the news. You'll see it everywhere. Let's talk about metrosexuality. 
<laughs> metrosexual. See, back in the day, see, I grew up in a time where you couldn't even, your jeans had, first of all, baggy jeans were in. So if your jeans weren't baggy enough, forget the fact that they were tight. That was just like taboo. Nobody, I mean, nobody's jeans were tight. But if they weren't baggy enough, then you were viewed as being uncool. If they were if they were just a little bit tight, then you were viewed as being gay. There was no mention of skinny jeans. That was just like that would be like looking at a woman walking down the street, let alone a man actually wearing this stuff. Now, fast forward twenty years, we're seeing men dressing like women. The the reason for that is because I mean, because everything has an original or an originating point. It starts with a lot of times a celebrity like L. Cool J, for example. Fubu got its launch. I remember it like it was yesterday. Everybody was wearing Tommy Hill, Nautica, you know, and even a little bit of polo. Not so much though, but really Tommy Hill and, and Nautica. And then all of a sudden, L. Cool J comes out rocking Fubu. And at the time, L. Cool J was was you know huge. So boom, next thing you know. Fubu blows up just off the strength of L. Cool J wearing Fubu one time. I I watched it happen like overnight. Everybody was wearing Fubu, and at that point, Fubu was like the biggest thing, and everybody was wearing it more so than Tommy Hill. Really put Tommy Hill, you know, out of business in the black community. You know, Nautica that just kind of disappeared, and then you know after Fubu died off is when the resurgence of Polo came, and that's kind of had staying power over the last you know fifteen. 15 years or so. But, you know, that's the same thing with these with these celebrities. You find a celebrity who's willing to sacrifice something to, for the greater good. So what happened is, you know, you get a little, who's one of the most popular rap artists out there? Well, obviously Lil Wayne has the crossover appeal. So what does he do? He throws on some skinny jeans. You know, next thing you know, Everybody's rocking skinny jeans, you know. A couple other celebrities, you know, Jay Z wearing skinny jeans, most gayest thing I've ever seen in my life, man. Forty year old <laughs> man with skinny. You, you see, you've seen the picture with yeah. skinny jeans. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I never thought he'd do that. I really didn't. That surprised me. That did surprise me. Yeah. Very few things. Funny thing is, he's even made a song. He's even said, "Can't wear skinny jeans because my knots too thick." Next thing you know. He's wearing some 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 skinny jeans, and you know, like I said, very few, few things uh, surprised me. But I was surprised when I saw uh, Jay Z wearing wearing skinny jeans. But it shouldn't be surprising because he's no different. A lot of people don't realize that when you see people like Jay Z, people like Rick Ross, you can't look at a problem. You can't say, okay, this is a problem in the black community but then not look at the source of the problem or not look at the people who are – because I don't want to blame stuff. Or I can't say Jay-Z is the reason for this or Beyonce is the reason for this, but you can't look at a problem and then look at some of the biggest and most influential uh, infractors of the problem and, say, and not hold them accountable. You know, that's a problem. You, ha- you can't look at twerking. And then not look at Beyonce and be like, wait a minute, you prance around in a leotard. You can't look at drug use 
in 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 you know in the black community, you know, and and not look at people who have made a career glorifying selling drugs and, and gang violence and weapons. You can't not do that. You can't look at okay, Molly is a problem that is now spreading into the black community in the form of our you know it's taking a hold of our youth, and uh, you know there a lot of people are glorifying it. Well. You can't say, okay, Molly in the the community amongst our youth is a problem, and then not look at the artists who rap about Molly. You see, like that's a you, you know Rick Ross, Jay Z, Ti, Future. I mean, I mean everyone does the list. Nicki Minaj, the list is. I'm just waiting for Beyonce to come out with a, a song glorifying it. But I'm sure you know. See, but see, when you're that big and that high up on the totem pole, what you have to do, you can't just say Molly. If you're if you're a Jay Z, if you're Rick Ross, you can do it. You know what I'm saying, and get away with it. If you're Future, if you're some, you know, Cap, DJ Khaled, you know, it's not a big deal. But when you're Jay Z and you have that type of crossover, you know, almost billionaire status, well, at that point, you have to say, I don't pop Molly, I rock Tom Ford. See, a lot of people who are mindless zombies, they think that that's about that's just a song about nothing. They think that that's just a, a song about um, a designer, a popular designer. No, it's a song about drug use. And shout out to Lynette, Lynette Robinson over in the Friends Group. She actually posted about that uh, several, about a, a couple months ago, actually. And uh, we just never talked about it. And I saw exactly what she was talking about. We just never talked about it. But I, it's it's a song about designer drug use. You know, I don't pop Molly. I rock time for what's a designer drug? You know, it's not a blunt. You know, it's not a crack pipe. You know, it's that expensive drug. It's that Whitney Houston drug. You know, it's that, like, Kurt Cobain type stuff. You know, the rock candy. You ever heard that expression, Courtney, rock candy? Yeah. It's yeah. Designed, I'm talking about the, the $1,000 drugs. Yeah. Okay? That's that Miley Cyrus drug. Not not no, let's drive to the hood and get some. It's the expensive billionaire, the drugs that they use. He's saying, I don't, I'm not on that hood stuff. I'm on a whole nother level. I rock Tom Ford. Tom Ford is a popular designer. See, Jay-Z is the king of double entendres and plays on words. Jay-Z, and this is what, see, a lot of people have, they don't connect the dots. A lot of people are hearing what I'm saying. They're saying, like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy, but what's even crazier is that this is someone who Barack Obama, the President of the United States, everybody's role model, calls a friend. This is someone who is allowed to campaign for the President of the United States, someone who makes a song advocating drug use, designer drug use, and glory. Coming up, going down. What do you think? Getting high and then coming down from your high. Wow. <laughs> you know? Put your head in my cra- What You know what I'm saying? It's talking about sex and drugs. That that weird type of trippy music, doom 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 doom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Going up, coming down. You got and no disrespect to anybody, but you got to be an idiot if you don't see that that's what he's talking about. So you've got to at this point now that it's clear to you that what's really going on, you have to ask yourself: How do you support a president who supports someone who advocates drug use? 
Somebody says, well, why do you have such a problem with Barack Obama? Well, I have a problem with Barack Obama because when they ask him, say, hey, Obama, wh- wh- who do you listen to? You know? Oh, yeah, I, I listen to Jay-Z. Oh, you know, a little bit of Jay-Z. Uh, you know, yeah, that's what's on my iPod right now. Oh, really? Oh, you do? Oh, well, okay, Obama. Well, what, what songs do you listen to, Obama? You know, Barry? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what are you bobbing your head to? You be you are. We already know you smoke weed. What what other what other things do you do? You know you, you know, ninety nine problems, but a bitch ain't one. Like, what else do you be bopping your head to in your private time? Because all of Jay Z's, he doesn't make positive music. This guy ain't making gospel music, that's for sure. You know what I mean? He doesn't make positive music. Any music he makes is either degrading women, glorifying drugs, violence, you know what I'm saying? Criminal behavior of some sort. So this is what we talk about, blurred lines. The line between, you know, respectable and classy, you know, and presidential and criminal has become very blurred. You know, it's like... People don't even know what's going on. You can't even be able to look at back in the day. You could look and say, okay, Martin Luther King, this is he's for us. He is a leader. He has our best interests at heart. You know, Richard Nixon is a racist. Okay, it's like, all right, that's clear. You knew what it was hitting for. Now, you don't know nothing. Barack Obama is the same as George Bush. And I'm just waiting for people to sit back and be like, yo, all right, I mean, at some point, like if, if if any other president would have been around and on, and it would have taken, like a government shutdown would have taken place on their watch, I don't care what president it would, what it would have been. Their approval rating would have been in the toilet. They would have been held personally responsible by the black community. Maybe not, even if it wasn't their fault, okay? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. Let George Bush have been going on. I mean, people would have been, I mean, it would have been crazy. Let people have been getting laid off and not getting paid, you know, put on furlough and crap like that. It's like, yo, well, what you, come on, Bush. Come on, Reagan. You, I don't care what the Congress is talking about, House of Representatives. You, you're the president. Well, where's all that outrage directed towards this president? You know what I'm saying? At what point does the black community start holding Obama responsible and say, hey, look, I'm not trying to hear all that crap about votes. You're the president. Get it done. Where, I mean, that, that's where is that outrage, Courtney? I, You know what? You brought up a really good point. I, I don't... I'm not going to say I don't get it because I do. I get why people are like that because he's black. But that's really sad, and it shows that he can get away with anything just because he's a black president. And really he has that much power, and, like, you know, people aren't going to say anything. Like you said, people there are people out there right now that don't have jobs, but they're not even complaining about it or at least, you know, vocally on TV or we don't hear too much about it. But you're right. If it was George Bush, it would have been riots. It would have been something huge. Like, you know, it just would have been something you know, huge and monumental. But now it's like everybody's chilling because in the back of their heads they think, well, he's our black president, so he has our back. No, he doesn't. I wish people would see that. Gosh, 
Boy, oh boy, oh boy, man. It's I can't wait for y'all to tune in tomorrow night. If y'all if y'all missed the um you know, my special on the black community, we really went into great detail about, you know, just the the hypocrisy, the double standards that, that we have allowed to exist, you know, for this president, you know, versus other presidents. I mean this guy I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You look at and the funny thing is you ask people like, Hey, what issues did you have with George Bush, it's like George Bush is just regarded as being hated by the black community. Like everyone knows that. But if you really ask someone with some intelligence, or really ask some people who really have no intelligence, they don't even know why they don't like George Bush. That's the crazy thing about it. Most black people have absolutely no idea why they hate George Bush. They they don't. They have no idea. And if they and and if they did, they would understand that the exact reasons why people supposedly hated George Bush, the same exact issues exist with Barack Obama, Mr. Barry Sotero. Most black people have no idea why I'm even saying Barry Sotero. Some people, well, who the heck is that? It's Barack Obama. See, that's what I'm saying. You know nothing about the president. You know nothing. You know what I'm saying? You, how do you not love a president that you know nothing about his history? You understand that? And it just it just goes to show you how fake it is when, when, when you know, and even with all that stuff when his birth certificate was, was being discussed, you know, publicly and being fabricated publicly, that was never even put out there. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy went through a whole name change. Like for what? Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm just curious. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just amazing, actually, that no one is. That just goes to show you how fake the process is. Why? It's like I, I'm known by Dayton Tolbert. You know what I mean? That's just my name. That's what I've gone by my whole life. But let's say I decide to run for president. All of a sudden, I'm no longer Dayton Tolbert, and I'm now Marcus Green. Green was my mom's maiden name. You know, Marcus is my first name. So I'm now Marcus Green for president. Yeah. Like, what? And then, and then nobody says anything about my whole life being known as Dayton Tolbert. That's just they. all the records are erased. You can't find any information about me as Dayton Tolbert. Although you guys know me as that. But it's like, that's how, that's what this would be like. Just switch it up. They're like, well, why? Why did you do that? What's what's wrong with with Dayton Tolbert? What was wrong with Barry Sotero? Why? Why? How come Barry Sotero couldn't be the the president of the United States, Courtney? Because he's not a U.S. citizen. He was not born here. That's why. Did you check out that? Um, it was like a I don't know if it was a press conference. It was something. Anyways, the first lady was giving a speech and she was saying like. Yeah, you know, uh, President Obama, his home country of Kenya. Like, she even said it. And it's like, I guess, I don't know if it went over people's heads, but, like, they will say it, like, indirectly, like, hey, he's not really a U.S. citizen, but, yeah, tell it to his supporters who have no idea why they support him in the first place. Yeah, here's the thing about that. And, like I said, I don't even want to talk about the president all night, but the reality is, it's it's not so much him, it's what he represents and who he represents. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, I saw that video, Courtney saw the video, hopefully many of you saw that. That was amazing. You know, I mean, because I've even tried to think about it. Like, okay, well, what what could she possibly have meant? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm and try to, I try, and I'm a pretty intelligent guy. I like to think I'm 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 smart and have a, a high level of deductive reasoning, but I really when you say, you know, you know, me and Barack, we even went back to his hometown of Kenya. 
I mean, I really spent some time thinking because I I tried to I knew what it was, but you know what I mean. You you can know something, but you still want to try to figure out like how they could do that and it not be a big a a huge deal. And and not only the fact that that wasn't reported on any major networks, whether CNN, this is stuff that people would have had a field day with. But you ever notice how certain things are just off limits that you just don't talk about? And right. that's one of them. Mm-hmm. How does your wife say that you're from Kenya, and then you go online, and they're all type of Kenyans talking about how you're from Kenya? You know, that's that's a there's another there's a short video like a little minute clip of that one. But if you guys catch the the full video, there's like a, someone else who did a video where like all these actual Kenyans are are just speaking in their native tongue about how they love Obama and how he's you know he's one of them and that's just where he's from. He's known from being from there. But if you look at his history, like the the the, the history that the media has projected forth, not the actual, but you know what they want us to believe. There's not a lot of talk about Kenya there. You know, he is they talk he spent a lot of time over in Indonesia, you know, traveling, you know, he 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 um, you know, moved here, he lived in Hawaii. There's not a, you know what I'm saying? No no way how no matter how you slice it is he from Kenya. It's not his hometown. And if it is his hometown then um how are you the president of the United States? According to the law, you have to be born here in this in this country to be president mm-hmm. of the United States, which is one of the reasons why Arnold Schwarzenegger could never run for president. But anyway, that's enough history. For <laughs> Someone just inboxed me on Facebook asking me, when am I going to do a show on the preachers of L.A.? Look, guys, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, here's the thing. I'll probably talk about it at some point, but don't. Don't look for a whole show about it. And really, I, I question why so many people are so interested in this show. I mean, honestly. I mean, it's not – I don't get excited. See, I think some people get excited about the wrong things. I get excited when I see a show, okay, that allows me to be able to see what's going on out here in society and be able to help women see, hey – these are how – this is a good example of things that a lot of women can relate to. And so we can use this as a teaching tool to, to help, you know, specifically women, because that's my passion, you know, change their lives and get what they want. I get excited when I see an example of that, whether it's the Kardashians, whether it's Love and Hip Hop, you know, Basketball Wives. Like I get excited about that stuff because I know, one, a Scandal, it's a popular show that shows exactly what's going on in today's society. Preachers of LA. I mean, in regards to this show and what we're here, you know, we're here for. See, people, and I don't like the word judging. I really don't. Which is why I don't do it. But when you get into, when you get excited about looking at a show with the sole purpose of judging their life, that's a problem. See, it's one thing to talk about something. You know, to help people, use it as an example to say, hey, look, this is what not to do to get what you ultimately want. But not too many people are asking, like, not not too many people want to be preachers. That's a perfect example. Like, I get thousands of questions and have gotten thousands of questions over the last 10 years, specifically from 
thousands of women asking, hey, what are some things that I can do to have love? What am I doing wrong? What could I do differently? Well, I say, okay, well, these are some things that you can do, and then we do a show, we talk about them, and then I can point to certain movies and TV shows and even songs and say, well, here are some good examples of things that they're doing. If you want love, you might want to do the opposite of what they're doing. That's not judging. That's answering questions. That's providing a service. What service is being provided by talking about the lives of preachers? Unless you want to be a preacher, why do we need to talk about the preachers of L.A., and scrutinize their lives and how they sin or how they live a worldly lifestyle. What purpose does that serve for this show? And I'm not saying I won't talk about it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that. But I'm just asking what purpose does that serve for what we are here to do as Christians? Anything, Courtney? None. Especially, you know, we're talking about doing a whole show about it. No. Like I, I couldn't even see that. I could see, like you said, us mentioning, you know, something about it. But yeah, not a whole show. It, it's, it's not too much to say about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like I said, I haven't seen it. I mean, it's come on, right? Has, is it on now already? Who knows? I, you know, I don't keep up with that crap. No, I don't know. I don't even know when it comes on. I think it. I think I remember seeing somebody post a link saying, "Here's the full episode." I mean, I I probably will watch it just to see what all the hype is about. But you, as you see, it's not a big. Trust me, you'll you'll know when I'm excited about something. You'll know when we're gonna do a show on something. I just told you about six or seven topics earlier that are life changing topics that will be great shows that will make for great shows. Preachers of L.A. is not one of them. Okay, <laughs> it's not. It's not one of them. Now there is a new a new movie coming out um, with Ja Rule and and the chick. Uh, forget it. What's, you know what I'm talking about? In love with a, a church girl or some crap like that. You, you hear you hear about that? You know what I'm talking about? No, I'm so like out of it. I haven't even seen that or heard what a mention it? of it. I mean. What is it, man? It's some, I'll Google it or something. I don't even know what it's about, man. But you know what I'm saying? It's it's a it's a new movie, and I, I I'm. Probably will in love with in love with a church girl is the name of it um, because see that's something that we could probably use that's something that you know it might be about something because you have a thug you know or someone mm-hmm. who's you know perceived to be a thug or, you know in the movie and then you have you know a church girl well we see a lot of that we see in today's society a lot of women who like bad boys a lot of church girls in fact we already did a whole show on church girls who like getting it in on a Friday night. Church girls who like getting their backs out. Church girls who end up being more freaky than some of the non-church girls. You know, we talked about it. Don't make me start. You know what I'm saying? Getting to the catching the Holy Ghost, but just in a different way. You understand it? That happens. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We'll probably talk about that, but just in, in, you know, in regards as a as a way to help people. Not just to talk. We don't. This is only a three-hour show, you know. And I don't like going to three hours. I mean, it's cool, but you know, I try to get in and out. Sometimes it's, there's so much to talk about that we end up going for three hours. So it is what it is, man. But we, like I said, we, this is advice hour. This is, this is what we. There's a lot to talk about. You see what happens when we're not live for a couple of days. Got beat yeah. last night playing tennis. God, beat oh, no. me like I 
throw something, man. I said, whoa, <laughs> what the heck? You know, oh, wow. I'm cruising. I had won. I think I, I lost in the championship, and I had won, like, the my next six out of seven matches. At, right now, I'm, like, seven and three, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? So I had lost. But y'all, this has been a good season. So I'm still going to win the championship this season. But, you know, I, last night I just ran into somebody who just had my number that night. So it is what it is. And he beat me in front of my wife and my daughter. You know what I mean? They came to cheer me on, came up to the park to watch. They don't make it to all the games. This guy beat the credits. Uh, Indian dude. Like, whoa. I, I, Anand. Shout out to Anand if he's tuned in tonight. Dude, beat the crap out of me. See? I keep it ready. I'm pretty good. Like I said, I, may, I you know, I win. I'm like, let me pull up my record. I'm like, I'm something like 200 wins and like 100 losses in my career or something. So, my, you know, I'm pretty good. But last night, boy, I'll tell you. Dude beat me six six no seven five should have won the first set. He beat me seven five six zero oh, in the second set. I didn't win any any games in that second set. So it is what it is though. Let's keep it moving. Metrosexuality. All right, and, you, and I see some calls online. We'll, we'll go to the phone lines six four six two zero 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 three six six. Hit the number one on your keypad. If any uh, questions or comments, but yeah, I just want to get into metrosexuality. There was a debate yesterday about man purses, messenger bags. Courtney, can you explain what is a man purse versus just a regular bag like that a man might carry? Because well, a man purse looks like a woman's purse. Like I, the I don't even see the difference because I saw a picture of a quote unquote man purse, and it looks like you know something a woman would wear like on her shoulder. It's very feminine, um, as opposed to you know a messenger bag. You know you carry your laptop or you know books or whatever. That's totally different. It's bigger. But a man purse is just absolutely ridiculous and it's very gay. It's no getting around it. Like it's just gay. Let's talk about this. Uh, <clears throat> here's the thing. What, I, I find myself being out and about, like I do speaking engagements and or I may be out with my family or, you know, different things. Like you may not want to have your whole, like I have a briefcase, you know, and I have a messenger bag. Now, when I have a briefcase, like it's like one of those leather, like, you know, actual briefcases, like with the shoulder strap, that you can put your, your you know, some notepads or, you know, a uh, laptop in there. It's like the thicker one. Sometimes I don't want to carry the the whole briefcase, so I have a little Louis Vuitton, you know, messenger bag type of thing where I can still throw my, my laptop in there, but it's not like the big cushiony type of one, or I can throw like a notepad or, you know, whatever it is I may need to throw in there. You know what I'm saying? Um that's as small, in my opinion, as small of a bag that a man should carry. A, a mess. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, everyone's familiar with what a messenger bag is. You know, it goes over your. You know, it's no. There's no problem with wearing a messenger bag over your shoulder. That's what it's for. That's what the strap is for. But when you get into, and if you look at the, the the flyer that I posted to advertise tonight's show, you see. Um, if you guys have it up in front of you, you have like LeBron James, you know, uh, you know, with a a, a a little clutch type of thing. 
don't know what the heck that is, man. What <laughs> type of crap is that? The, the heck is that? <laughs> I'm you know looking at it. I'm sorry. I'm cracking up. <laughs> a damn pocketbook. It's a pocketbook. My wife has something very similar to that. Let's just look at the flyer. You got Barry Sotero down there with the, the gay halo <laughs> over it. But if you above that, Steve Nash. Again, my wife has the same exact Louis Vuitton uh, bag. You're carrying a purse. Not, wow. I mean, forget the fact that he's got he's got looking like a a gay uh, Pee Wee Herman, the bow tie on. You know what I'm saying? Some tight khakis, some boat shoes or something. You know, you got. Don't even get me started on Dwayne Wade. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? What got a is double that? Oh my gosh! C- I have capris. capris that look like that. My wife has the same outfit in the summer. <laughs> Tight capri. You can see his thighs, the outline of his thigh muscles. His ankles are showing. Look at the, I don't even know who this is underneath. Oh, oh wow! That's a woman's outfit. These are women's outfits. Wow. Yeah. You understand it? I think that's like Steve Harvey's son or something. I'm not sure. But you know what I mean? Like LeBron James, you have people that are that are being looked up to as role models and people who are some of the most recognizable and supposedly fashionable people. This is These are people who are strategically placed. Kanye West wearing a skirt, Diddy wearing a skirt. That's the next big thing. It's not enough now to wear skinny jeans. It's because ne- if you notice real quick, you notice you don't see. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but you don't see white people being put on these pedestals, wearing making these fashion statements, these these trend setting fashion statements. It's like they may go along with it, but you, like like Kanye West, Diddy. It's like boom, these guys, Little Wayne. These are going to be the the front people for this new style, and it's really to emasculate black men. That's really what it yeah. what it's you know white people are catching on for a different reason, you know. But a lot of times it's like there's a certain that's why you see all these black community uh, comedians wearing dresses. You know, Kevin Hart, Eddie Murphy, you know. In fact, Dave Chappelle, we talked about this. That's that's one of the reasons why he was uh, kicked out of Hollywood for so long, because he decided not to wear a dress. He said, hey, look, I'm not doing it. He said, I'm funnier than Martin Lawrence. You, you find me a black com- comedian who never really wore a dress, and, you know, you're not, you're not going to find one that's really, you know, commercially successful like that. But I was, I was shocked. I was shocked. It's funny because Kevin Hart even said, and Kevin Hart is from Philly. I know Kevin. I don't can't say I know Kevin Hart, but you know Kevin Hart is the one of the best friends of my ex girlfriend's. Uh, what the heck? Wait, her Kevin Hart is the best friend of my ex's ex. If that if you guys follow, so you know what I'm saying. Like she knew, knows him, knows like grew up with him, and it's like wow. So and, you know I came to know certain things about him and that whole situation. But it's just like, why is somebody from where I'm from, but it's that easy to sell out. I see him on there, you know, throwing up the 666s, covering up his left eye, you know, wearing the Illuminati type of symbolism, 
the eyes all over his shirt, the one, you know what I mean? Like, that's, this is like, wow, that's how easy it is, like, to sell your soul and to, to really be out there like that. Like, somebody who knows people I know is from my city. Is that, is that, to me, that's scary, you know, to a certain extent, because it's like, wow, it's not just them. It's like, yo, like, I know, I feel like I know him almost. You see what I'm saying? Like, I've seen pictures of my ex and him in pictures, like, you know what I mean? Just cool. And this that's how easy it can be to sell your soul, to go from having no money in the slums of North Philly to being worth $50 million. It's that easy. Blink of an eye. That's, that's crazy to me, Courtney. Yeah, that's that's deep. That's deep. It's very deep. It's very deep. But So, <clears throat> metrosexuality is... Not okay, you know, like the things that we just described is not okay. Now that that's actually get. Now, what is a metrosexual? Because everyone doesn't take it to that extent. Give you a you know example. There's this Kappa dude that I saw back in the day. Uh, we were at a step show, and, and like this dude. I mean, it's, it, I don't know him, but it's just an example. We were at a step show, and and this this I saw this Kappa dude, and you guys know these guys are known for being. You know the quote unquote pretty boys, but I'm 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 at this step show and I see this Kappa dude come in there, dressed like an AK. And I'm like, yo, really, <laughs> really? You know what I'm saying? Like that's gay. You know, and that's no disrespect to the Kappas as a whole as an organization, but that outfit that he had on was gay. He had on like some. I forget the, how he coordinated it, but it was either pink pants and a green a green blazer with a with a with a pink bow tie, you know, some suspenders on, and like you know like a hat. I'm like, like that's that's that was gay to me. Like it was specifically designed, like to look like an AKA. You don't do that. You don't dress like an AKA. That's not okay. Now, I'm sure he would, you know, position himself to say, well, that's just how we get down. We're the pretty boys. Well, you can be a, I, you know, I, people used to think, oh, I say, oh, I'm in a frat. They'd be like, oh, well, you a Kappa? Just just because how I look, how I carry myself, how I dress. I say, no, I'm not a Kappa, but you know what I'm saying? I like to dress nice. You know what I'm saying? I, I've That's just how I've always, I've never been a thug. I like to dress stylish. But I'm not going to say I'm a metrosexual. Because when you get into the, the matching down to the socks, you know the getting the nails, like the manicures and the, and the, and that's. I mean, I bite my nails. I mean, and I'm not even saying that if you get your nails done, that's. I mean, to me, that's questionable. I'm not gonna lie, that's questionable. I'm not gonna say it's gay per se, but it is questionable. But when you start doing things like getting your eyebrows shaped up, mm-hmm. you know the pedic. Like I've never had a pedicure. I think I did it one time just to try it out, and I said, "Oh no, never again." I'm not, I don't need to have my cuticles, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, gutted out, whatever. I'm like, yo, that hurts. <laughs> I punch the Asian chick in her face. Like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> you're you're scratching me. Like, does that hurt? Does that not hurt? Court? I, mean, how did, I don't understand pedicures. Just I wash mean, your I'm used to it. I'm, just I'm get the scrub brush. Why can't you just get the scrub brush? <sighs> What's the difference? Scrub your feet. Lotion. Because... 
because men have um, jacked up feet, not all, but more so than women. So you all may need that extra care. So that's not gay to me, the whole pedicure thing. Okay. But, um, You're right. I mean, I, I can admit, I listen, I keep it honest. The reason why she said, I want you to go with me, because she said my feet were jacked up. Now, I don't think my feet are jacked up. You know what I'm saying? I'll take a picture of my feet and upload it. No, I won't do that. But I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? She thought, she was like, no, come on, just go with me. Just try it out. I'm like, it's not my thing. Two times, actually, my ex, one of my exes, who will remain nameless, she said, let me give you a pedicure. I said, I'm not sure about this. But, you know, she's like, no, no, no. I'm like, are you going to cut me? Because she put out some tools. I said, why do you want to do this? She's like, no, let me just, it'll be fun. Come on, it'll be fun. I said, okay. All right, you, I'll, I'll let you do whatever. She, she cut my nails, and then she put, she, she put out, like, this, um, you know, the things you peel, like, like pears with or something, like fruit. Oh, yeah, to get that off the bottom of your feet, to get the dead skin. Yeah, that. She pulled out this thing to get the dead skin. I said, yo. I said, you're not going to cut me, right? She said, no, I'm not going to cut you. Come on, I do this all the time. Yo, she pulled this thing out, and she was you know, taking some of the dead skin. I was like, oh, this ain't so bad. Next thing you know, she sliced me, sliced my freaking foot off. Like, there was a whole piece of skin that was just off. I was like, yo, like, I was, like blood was everywhere. I said, yo, I wanted to fight her. I was so mad. You know what I mean? And so never again. Like, I mean, literally, she cut the crap out of me. Blood was like, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. So that was that. No more pedicures for me. Hey, my, my feet will be jacked up. You guys can ask my wife, you know, does he have jacked up feet? But, hey, it is what it is. You know, so, I mean, pedicures, it's not a huge deal. Manicures, very questionable, just being honest with you. Eyebrows, not a good look. I mean, do you see, you've seen guys get their eyebrows done, right? I've seen eyebrows. I knew someone who um, got manicures, so, yeah. That's not yep. a good look, man. It's not a good look at all. Um, <laughs> what else? What else about Metro? Uh, capris, tight jeans, we talked about the eyebrows, nails, man bags. Just, what? I mean, the funny, the fact that we're even talking about this, whether or not it's questionable... I grew like I'm 35. I'm not old. Like I'm 35. I literally grew up, and none of this was even discussed. You know what I'm saying? There was none of this. There were no man bags. There were no skinny jeans. There was no pedicures or, you know, Dwayne Wade. Google Dwayne Wade black fingernail polish. These dudes are painting their fingernails. Now that's I mean, I'll be honest. I have no problem saying this. I believe Dwayne Wade to be a homosexual. You know what I mean? I, I'm just saying. I don't care what happens with him and Gabby. I, I just, there's no way. There's no way you can carry yourself that way and never have gotten a penis up the butt at some point. I'm just saying. That's just my personal views. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest. I come from a place where if it looks like a duck, then it's a duck. You know? And and the fact that people will see certain things and and will, you know, say, well, why? How do you know that? Or why is it that? Or it could just be that. The fact that people are more in today's society more willing to say that it's not what it actually looks like is a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like back in the day, it's like if somebody was a pedophile, then they were a pedophile. 
That's just what it was. It wasn't like, oh, no, maybe they just missed their grandson who, who tragically died. Like, what? He just likes fucking little boys because, he, you know, he can relate to his, his, you know, his son back in the day. No, he, he, no, he's gay. He's a pedophile. Like, that's just what it is. You know, or whatever it looks like. Now, someone looks gay. Oh, no, they're just a metrosexual. Someone, you know, she's probably a lesbian. Oh, no, she just hasn't come at Queen Latifah. No, how do you know she's gay? You know, how do you know? Now, Oprah, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. What do you mean, how do you know? It is what it is. We're seeing in today's society, you know, we're talking about blurred lines tonight. Gay pastors. Courtney, you know anything about gay pastors? You ever seen a, a someone who a pastor who you felt like might be questionable? Yes, yes, I I have. Um, I, I'll be honest. I, I mean, I went to church like that, so um, yeah, definitely. You know the mannerisms, and um, it's a lot of pastors out there that are like that. I mean, they're they're gay, but they're hiding, uh, you know, behind. You know, religion and um, a lot of them are even married sometimes. And so, but it's a shame that, you know, there are people there, you know, they're preaching to the congregation and then they're living, you know, their own lifestyle. And, um, yeah, that's the sad part. It's it's very sad. I'm going to talk about that, but I just want to give a quick shout out. Shout out to Jacresha. Jacresha Juniel, and I appreciate, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing your name right, but, you know, she's, uh, it looks like a, a relatively new listener of the show, someone who's been posting a lot in the Friends of the Day Don Talbert Show group. She just posted in there, said, and I just want to share this testimony. She said that, I think I'm going to go natural, and I'm definitely going to start wearing my real hair. I feel free to be me. No more wasting money on weaves, half wigs, and ponytails. Thanks, Dadon Tolbert and Courtney Hollums. Hashtag freedom. You know, and that is just great. This is someone who I've never done any type of private counseling with, strictly a listener of the show, but who has now achieved internal freedom to be real. And this is just, I love hearing testimonies. I, this is another one that goes straight into my, my, this came straight to my email. I get all notifications in my email. As soon as the situ, you know, uh, testimonies like this come in, they go straight into the folder entitled Testimonies where there are several thousand of these same exact type of testimonies from these same types of women. And I just love adding them to that. There's still, there's an, still the hate mail folder with which, which, which a couple hundred uh, you know, negative comments, but it's great to see hundreds compared to thousands you know, in their ratio. I love it. Women's lives are being changed and women just having a different way of thinking. Thanks to Courtney, thanks to myself, and just thanks from the uh, from being around uh, the other positive individuals in the Friends of the Day Don Tolbert Show group, which I just have to say, I'm so proud of you guys. You know, I'm so happy because you know it and I know it. There is no other group like the Friends of the Day Don Tolbert Show group anywhere on Facebook. Everyone knows it. It is extremely unique. Waking up to literally probably over 100 different biblical scriptures being posted and, and all throughout the day, um, you know, literally all throughout the day, people sharing inspirational messages, the real information about the government, you know, relationship advice, relevant topics that are designed to help people change their lives. There is no realer group. There is no more biblically-based group, and it's just great to see the drama gone and just the influx of over 3,000 people 
just really posting positive things. And I just want to say I love the group. I love everybody in there. If I don't, they're most likely not in there anymore. That's and it's just how it should be. Have you seen a you know just any thoughts just on the group? It's just like add yourself if you're not already in there. But Courtney, just the group. Yeah, I I love it. I love it. And what I like about it is you know we're all you know on the same page and you know living for God. And it's so it's so good because it's like a. I feel like it's a, you know, a family. And so a lot of people don't know, um, you know, I'm the only child. So, you know, you all are like my brothers and, and my sisters. So it's so good to be in there and just interact with you guys every day and just to share. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just say this, too, real quick, that, <clears throat> see, the reason for, and I'll tell you guys, I've told this story before. In fact, I told you the, the day when I decided to start the group when there was only like a couple people in there. Now it's blossomed in over 3,000, which is a blessing. But the group started, something so positive started from hate. You know, I after getting kicked out of not one, not two, but several different groups just from doing what you guys see me doing every day, nothing different, posting biblical scriptures, you know, giving relationship advice from a biblical perspective. You know, doing that in, in various groups where people just didn't like to hear the word of God. They didn't. They just wanted people to talk about sex and different things and orgies and threesomes. And I'm in there posting scriptures. They, you know, would kick me out and and, and even attack me. <clears throat> That's and I said, well, wait a minute. Why am I, you know, I mean, I never cared, but it was just like, you know, why am I even in these other groups and getting kicked out of these groups when I can have my own group to do? There are already thousands of listeners that love this show. Why not? come up with a centralized location for people to interact and talk about topics and share testimony. So that's actually how the the Friends of the Data on Tolbert show group was, you know, was was birthed, you know, from from negativity and hate. So it's it's great to see uh what what it is now. And you know, and add yourselves also fellas uh to the courageous black men of Facebook. It's the it's an all men's group where we, you know, it's just all men talking in there. So add yourselves there. Uh, at business owners, add yourself to the Tolbert business directory. Uh, no promotion in the in the friends group. I don't allow that or advertising anything like that. But if you want to advertise, you have a book, you have a business. Advertise in the Tolbert business directory. That's what it's there for. Over fifteen hundred businesses. Ladies, Courtney, you already know that each woman group e- emotionally available with a change start is my all women nonprofit organization. Do a lot of great things in the community. Courtney, you want, real quick, you want to say anything about? Um, you know, what you got, what you ladies do over in that group? Sure. So each woman is a a great group because it's it's a group that's designed for us to just share um, with each other. We share a lot um, about ourselves, and we have, um, you know, different things for each day. So for today, so it's Wednesday, it's Wellness Wednesday. So Today is a day that we share, you know, different health tips, um, you know, share testimonies of our weight loss journeys and, um, you know, just anything that is going to, you know, help someone. We always want to, you know, help each other in the group in any way that we can and be that support system in any way that we can because a lot of times, you know, you may find that, you know, you don't have, maybe you don't have a lot of close friends to talk to or, you you know, you may not feel comfortable talking to family. That's what each woman is for, you know. It's for a group of sisters just to share with each other and just be that um, shoulder to lean on. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> ladies, add yourselves if you haven't already. Check it out. 
and um, just add yourself. So, and, and you know, a listing of all my organizations and, and Facebook, uh, Twitter, all that good stuff. Follow me. Follow me on Twitter. Like my fan page. You know, I don't really care about all that stuff, but you know, it's there. So if it's there, you might as well, you know, add yourselves and like the pages and follow me. All that, all that stuff. You know, some some people take it to a whole nother level. Like, oh, follow me. Follow me. Do this and follow me. I'm like, who cares? It's like doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like these are the organ. Like back in the day, people cared about how many. Uh, friends you had on MySpace, who was in your top eight? Uh, how, how is that working out? How much difference does that make at this point? You know what I mean? I used to, I used to, have, man, I used to have like over ten thousand uh, MySpace friends. It's like, okay, whoop de doo. Now, now nobody's even on MySpace. In a couple of years, nobody will be on Facebook. It'll be something totally different. So, you know, Twitter will be replaced at some point. None of this stuff matters. It's not about how many followers you have. It's about how many people you can bring into the life of the church. How many souls can you save? How many lives can you change? You know, I don't have thousands of Twitter followers, but I got thousands of lives that I've changed over the years. You know, and thousands of testimonies. That's that's better. You know, that's good enough for me, right? So let's talk about so so gay pastors. You know, I know you mentioned the story. I have a similar story, and I, I won't put the name of the church out there, but. There's a popular pastor here in Philly where um it you know he's he's very feminine. Now, someone being feminine doesn't necessarily mean that someone is gay, but you know, when I see that it's like okay, that's a red flag. Um but then I look around at the congregation and there were just a lot of gay individuals. Like and I, I'm not even going to give them the benefit down and be like, oh, no, I mean gay. Like like I said earlier, if someone looks gay and they act gay, then 99.9% of the time that they're gay. I'm not going to act like, oh, no, it's some, they just look gay. They just act gay, but they're not. No, come on. No, that's, that's a psycho. <laughs> Anyone who does that is just psycho. You're giving people the benefit doubt for no reason whatsoever. Like if you act gay and you look gay and you carry yourself like a gay individual, then you're gay. People need to stop being concerned about offending homosexuals and start and start being concerned about offending Jesus Christ. That's what's more important. People are so worried. In fact, I had a buddy. He was like, "Yo, man, you, yo, just be careful." I was like, "Yo, that's gay." He was like, "Yo, be careful with that." I said, "What for? What?" He was like, "Yo, you, you just want to be careful because you know you don't want to offend people." Who, who who support homosexuality. Now, this is someone who clearly doesn't know me. I was like, listen, I don't care about offending people because of homosexuality. The Bible is offended by homosexuality. You know what I'm saying? God, That's a sin. God is offended. So why would I care about offending someone who's offending God? That's what we need to talk about. Now, I'm, now, I'm not saying that we should hate them. I'm not saying that we should disrespect them. But at the same time, we do need to treat homosexuality the same way we treat any sin. You know, the same way we pray for people who are struggling with porn, people who are struggling with sex addictions or, or, or whatever they're struggling with, gambling. You know, if you're struggling with homosexuality, we need to pray for them. We need to help them. We need to educate them on what the Word says about that. Because the Word is very clear about sin, regardless what the sin is. And and the consequences of sin. So you want to you want to think. And again, we live we've we're living in a society where the lines have been blurred. You know, it's 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 now okay to be homosexual. Not even forget being you know from a 
you know, talking about from a biblical standpoint, but just as a man, you know what I mean? Just society, like it was, it used to not be okay. And I'm not saying that people, because people used to be beaten and, 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 you know, made fun of and bullied because of their, I'm not even saying that that was okay. But I, I'm just saying that's what it was. You know what I'm saying? It was not okay. Some people took the fact that it was not okay to another level, but at the same time, it was not okay. Now, it's okay. And not only is it okay, it has become politically correct and acceptable. You know, and, and at, at a certain point, you have to look at the people. Not saying Barack Obama is, is responsible for homosexuality or the, the acceptance of it, but he is one of, not even one of, he is the biggest and most popular supporter of homosexuality in the world and and in history. You guys understand that? There's never been someone more popular and more recognizable that was a you know, a more recognizable supporter of homosexuality and gay rights. That's why they, they you know, Newsweek dubbed him the first gay president. And that's what people have to realize is that like, yo, you can't look at a problem. I mean, forget the fact that he's a supposedly a Christian man supporting something that God hates, which is absolutely ridiculous regardless how you look at it. I don't care if he's the president of the world. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? You, you I would never support homosexuality if I was the president of the United States. I don't care what happened. I don't care what my political party was. I don't care about nothing. I'm not going to support anything that God hates, period. But that's the definition of a real Christian. You're not a real Christian when you put your 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 spiritual beliefs, you know, aside for your political agenda. That's that's what you call a fake Christian. You know? It's, which is disgusting to me. No respect for anyone, president or not, who puts their puts their politics ahead of their spirituality. <clears throat> no respect. So it is what it is. <clears throat> uh what else? Christians versus Satanism. We talked about that a little bit. Just to kind of, you know, get into that. How many people, Courtney, do we see who call themselves Christians who actually also support people who are passionate about making a mockery of Christianity? So many people. It is so many people out there that are doing that. And so, I mean, with that being said, that means that they're not real Christians then. That's what that means. These lines have been blurred. You can't say, well, yeah, you know, I'm going to church on Sunday and I love Jesus Christ, but I just got my my Beyonce tickets. You know, I got my Jay-Z tickets. I'm going over to the Barclays Center to check out this Jay-Z concert. That's literally going to be filled with, with satanic imagery. Illuminati symbolism, demonic, you know, all types of demonic stuff, which is that's what that's what you see at Beyonce concert. That's not a you know, oh no, like what are you saying? No, it's clear. Now whether or not you know what you're looking at is a different thing, but it's not like it's not there. Now you know what I'm saying. That's why it becomes so important for you to research stuff so you know what you're seeing. And that's the thing. I'd be like, yo, so you you like Beyonce? Like, oh, no, I just go because she's a great performer. Well, there's some strippers who are great performers, too. You, you go to that, too? 
You know, it's a lot of Obama's a great performer. George Bush was a great performer. I mean, it's a lot of great performers out there. That doesn't mean you have to go. You know, you're watching people who are making a mockery of Christianity, making a mockery of, of who is supposed to be your Lord and Savior. So, you know, it's just, you know, like I said, blurred lines. We have to unblur them. I want to take it back to when the lines were clear. There's a reason why Blurred Lines is the number one song of the year so far. There's a reason for that. I mean, this is what this is what the 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 powers that be want. They want the lines to be blurred. They want the 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 lines between, you know, good and evil to not be as clear as they used to be, which they're doing a great job of. You know, but that's what we have to look forward to in the end times. It's all written. It's all in the Word of God, like what we are experiencing right now. We're moving back towards the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, moving back towards the days of Noah, you know, when God sent a flood that destroyed the entire world, you know, when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah specifically because of sexual immorality. You know what I'm saying? And this is the if you if see people don't read the word and if you if you guys got a chance to, one of my favorite shows of all time that I've done, maybe the best, one of the top shows ever, was my special on homosexuality and how God feels about it, where we specifically went through the Bible and the story of Noah and the story of Sodom and Gomorrah in the realest way possible. I mean there's there was no there can't be a, a better like you take the best show that I've ever done and you listen to that show, that's like right there. It's equal to the best show. And like I said, the shows where we get deep into the Word of God and then relate you know, to what we see around us, those are obviously the best shows. And there's nothing realer than Noah's Ark, and there's nothing realer than Sodom and Gomorrah. And then you look around at what's going on in, in, in today's society, the same things are going on now that led to God being angered to the point where he said, hey, I'm just going to destroy the whole world. And, and people don't understand that. And then, you you know, when you really look at what will Obama's legacy be, he will be remembered for being, you know, a warrior for gay rights, not black rights, not African-American rights, not education, not children, not poverty, but gay rights. How is the first black president going to be remembered for his stance on gay rights? Does that even make sense? That's crazy. You would think that, you know, finally, you know, we have a black president in office. It's going to be some type of change. Because, you know, we hung on to that promise, you know, the yes, we can. And it's like now it's just disappointing. It's like absolutely, you know, gone down the drain. It's just, it's. Yeah, supporting abortions, it's gay marriage, <sighs> craziness. Absolute craziness, man. Like, I have a folder. I have so many folders. I'm a, I should read you guys all the folders that I have. I have a folder, Celebrity 666. We talked about the testimonies. We talked about the hate mail. I have a folder for government information, demonic information, Obama information, um, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of different folders like that where, because you know, I come across a lot of stuff, a lot of posts, and a lot of stuff Nakia posts, and many of you guys will post stuff. I, I just put it into the appropriate folder and keep it. You know what I'm saying? And there's so much information about Obama. I have hundreds 
of articles and hundreds of you know pictures and links and just information about Obama that so many people, that the American people, the black community as a whole, has no idea about. And you know what I'm saying? It's like all right there. You know, a lot of it gets posted in the group. You know, in fact, all of it gets posted in the group. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, wow, people really don't. Not only do people not know, like, who he is and what he's about and the laws that are being passed, but they don't care. It's just that all they see is a black a black man. You know what I'm saying? A black face. It's like, wow, that's crazy. It's very crazy. And I know that there are a lot of people who I see every day. There are a lot of people who who I will never know listen to this show, who are listening right now. I know that. And I and I have no problem with that. You know, the people who listen with the Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity Sunglasses, who I know support Obama and who hear this information will still support Obama and never research not one word of it. Those are the mindless zombies that I'm speaking about. You know what I'm saying? The people who actually hear and know what's going on but will still choose to ignore it and just follow blindly. And and I have no problem saying that to anyone, you know what I'm saying, who who I know, who I don't know, family, no family, friends, like whoever. Because, you know, no one is exempt. Everyone has the the the, I guess, the... Um, you you should research. You should be informed. You know, no one gets a pass for being ignorant. Not me, not Courtney. You know what I mean? Like, I've done the research, so why shouldn't you guys? And that's just, and I think that's just, you know, it's called being an adult. It's, you know, called being a citizen, you know. Now, here's the thing. Now, some people say, hey, I'm not into the political process. I'm not into politics. I have more respect for people who don't even front about it and say, hey, I just don't care. Now, if you don't care, you don't care. I mean, that's a form of ignorance in and of itself. But at least you're not out there pretending like Obama is this saint and you don't know. You know, you know I'd rather you just not say, hey, look, I really don't know, and I support him because he's black, and I'm just that's just what it is. I would have more respect for if you said that than to try to act like you know who he is and what he's done, because that's just that's just crazy. But let's talk a little bit more about relationships, though, and and how the uh, the lines have been blurred in that respect. You know, in today's society, Courtney, we're seeing a lot more um, friends with benefits situations. We're seeing a lot more situations where the lines have been blurred so that it it almost appears as if they're actual relationships. You know, we're seeing people. I mean, you've seen that. You you see a lot of that uh, where you are? Yeah. I mean, that's more common. Like, I know that back in the day it's either you were, you know, in a relationship or maybe you just had a one-night stand with somebody, but it was never really anything like a, a in-between type of thing. But now, yeah, that's becoming so very common. That's really that's really all you see. And it, it has, you know, those friends with benefits situations do have some similarities to relationships, and that's uh, what gets people caught up, uh, the women caught up in those. You know what, that's a good point, uh, Courtney, because I used to, when I was coming up, there w- there really weren't any friends with benefit situations. Like, it was, oh, we go together. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to go with you. Or if you broke up with somebody, it's like, well, I-, I quit you. Or, I, you know, I quit her last week. You know, <laughs> we're not together anymore. Now, whether or not people cheated or whatever like that, that was a different thing. But it was like, 
back in the day, and I said it like it was so long ago, like we're talking about like 10 years, 15 years, but people, specifically women, respected themselves to not give up sex outside of a relationship for the most part. You know what I'm saying? And if they did, it was like, we got to keep this on the DL. You know, and that's that's the funny thing about it. Because back in the day, and if you really want to break, because I, I was around when that term came about. You know, we got to keep this on the down low. The reason where that came from is from the dude, J.O. King, who, we, who you know, I interviewed here on this show, uh, the, the, the originator of that term, you know, who was the, the homosexual who came out with the, uh, the book on the down low, on, set on Oprah's couch. We had him here on this show a couple, uh, a couple months after that, and he revealed, you know, just how that whole thing came about. But, you know, a lot of times, like what he even said, he was like, yo, the, the whole point of being on the down low is because you, you were doing something that you knew was wrong. Like you were gay, but you were acting like you were straight, and you might have had a girlfriend or whatever like that. And so the whole DL concept was like, okay, we can kick it, we can have sex, but we got to keep it on the DL. Why? Because you knew that you were doing something wrong that was not socially acceptable. You knew that you didn't want people knowing that you were out there being a hoe. That's the reality of it. You didn't want people in your business because you knew there was something not glamorous about it. So here's the thing. Now, in today's society, you don't hear that term anymore. Why? Because people don't care. Because sex has become socially acceptable. Friends with benefits has become socially acceptable. If you're someone's Friday night freak, you're somebody's hoe, you're not it's not looked at as being the same. You know, if you're in a sexual relationship but dating multiple or, or having sex with multiple people even, that's not even a big deal. It's kinda like, hey, do what you want to do. And then people have the audacity to wonder why men aren't committing when women have ad- adopted a mentality of, hey, I'm just going to be sexually free. I'm going to be a female pimp. I do what I want to do. A female player. No, you're a hoe. You know, Wale has the nerve to come out with a song with the, the, the chick singing the hook. Is it bad? We did a whole show on that. Is it bad that I've never been in love or been in love? Is, you know what I'm saying? I can't, what you say, I, I, I promise, I can't promise I'll be good to you, you know what I'm saying? And talking about something, but I sure know how to, you know what I'm saying? You sure know how to, well, well then you're a hoe. What do you, what do you mean, you, you sure know how to F? Well, how did you, how, how do you know that? How do you, how did you become so good? Oh, I guess a lot of practice then. Like, that's not okay. Like, lyrics... You know, the fact that women are not mad about that song, like 15 years ago, that song wouldn't have been out on the radio because there would have been such an outrage at a woman projecting herself as a whore. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, there would have been outrage about that. Now it's every woman's, you know, a lot of times, a lot of women's favorite song. You know why? Because they can relate. Is it bad that I've never been in love, but I sure know how to, you know? Well, that's most black. We talked about the definition of love the other night. You know, based on the biblical definition of love, most single black women, 70% of black women out here, have never been in love. But I bet you they sure know how to, right? I mean, am I lying, Courtney? (laughs) 
I mean, honestly, am I lying? Because I've had a lot of sex. Trust me. It's trust. Me, there's a lot of women out there that sure know how to, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah. They sure know how to do a couple things. How did they become so good? Where did those skills come from? Where did you learn those tricks? From practice. Mm-hmm. A lot of practice. A lot of sex. A lot of, lot of friends with benefits, a lot of partners. Men, ladies, you got to understand, and I, I, see, there's not a man on the planet realer than me. I will be honest with you guys. When you do certain things in the bedroom, men know that you're, you're sexually experienced. Like, we can tell a woman who's been with one or two partners versus a woman who's been with 15, okay? We know that. You don't don't try to hide it. Don't try to you know like certain things you do, certain ways you move, certain way you ride, certain noises you make. Trust me, we know what you do, and 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 where that experience comes from. We know we we know when you're a virgin. We know when you've only when you've had one long relationship. Okay, we know or a couple relationships. Over the course of, you know, 20 years. There are women out here, and I respect you women. I have the utmost respect for women who are virgins. Shout out to Latanya. You know, shout out to Darian. Shout out, it's sad that I can't think of, I I only know two virgins. But shout out to them. And shout out to the women out there, like you, Courtney Hollins, We've only been with two women. Matter of fact, I'm going to put something on Facebook. Two men. Facebook. You mean two men? I'm sorry. Two, two men. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Only been with two. You tell it's getting late. I'm about to wrap up the night show. <laughs> Talking crazy. But seriously, I have the utmost respect for women who have only been with a small amount of men. You know, two men. In, at, at 25 years old, 26 years old, two partners. 30 years old, five partners, four partners, seven partners. Even seven is not a lot. I commend you women. I respect you women. You know what I'm saying? That's respectable. You respect your body not to be given out to. Give yourselves a round of applause right now. If you are if you're under 10 men, give yourselves a round of applause. I respect you. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not easy. And in today's society, most single black women have are well over ten men. And, and you know, and if you are, you are. I'm not saying it's a death sentence, but right now, I just want to celebrate the women who clearly respect their bodies by not giving their body away to multiple men. Can we do that? Is that okay, Courtney? I hope, hopefully, that doesn't offend anybody. But if it does, I don't care because. Those women need to be celebrated for doing the right thing. My mom always used to say, always used to say growing up, good things happen to good people. You know? And that's and those and that's a good thing. And far too often we're celebrating hoish behavior like the Rihannas, like the Beyonce's, like the Kardashians. You don't need to celebrate hoish behavior. You need to celebrate celibacy. You know, and when you live a celibate lifestyle, no, you may not be a virgin, but you're not going to have a crazy number either. That feels good to do. Doesn't that feel good to celebrate respectability? 
Yeah, it does, especially, you know, when you have been able to overcome temptation because, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Not easy. See, see, Courtney, we don't do enough of this. Tell us how it's not easy. Courtney, you are 26 years old, and you've been with two men. Twenty. I always. How the heck? I never know how old you are, Courtney. <laughs> it's okay. I know. You, I, know I, I always had a say birthday, but it's thing. okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, you did just have a birthday. That's right. So, but twenty-seven, and that's even better. Twenty-seven years old and two partners. That's excellent. Well, how is that so easy? Or not? I shouldn't. How is it not so easy? It's not easy. But how do you do it? God, really? Because I. I mean, I've been tempted just like everybody else. Um, but I mean, God has really just provided me with the self-control to walk away, but that's not to say that I didn't want to do it, but he always provided me, you know, with a way out, just like the Bible states, and I just took it. That's all you have to do, ladies. You got to respect your body. And and see, I don't want to make it seem like it's the men, or it's just like it's all in the women, because the reality is a lot of, most men, have had sex with a hundred women, so you know what I'm saying. A lot, most see. I think a lot of people, then especially the newer listeners, they don't understand where we're coming from here with this show. They're not used to a date on Tolbert, so it takes them a little while to get acclimated to what we do and how we do. They think, oh, you're just bashing. No, it's not about bashing anyone. Most men are hoes. I say that almost every night. Most men out here are whores. Who have who do nothing but have sex with women? That's why this show is designed to help women avoid those men and position themselves to be found by the man that God has for them. So it's not like okay, let's let's bash women. No, we're trying to help women. We're trying to help them avoid the serpents, avoid the vultures. So stuff is deep, man. People, there's not too many men out here. Not too many shows out here who who encourage women to keep their legs closed. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not to not to just say I want to control you, I want to do this and that, but to help you make good decisions. Um, am I going to lie to you and say that men, every man I know, would prefer to have a woman with less than ten, five to ten partners? I don't know a man who wants a woman. With a million partners No one wants that It's like Oh yeah Let me go buy a car With a million miles on it Oh yeah Let me just go ahead And do that Let me go buy a car With a hundred Where's the car With a hundred thousand miles No Low miles Is what Drives up The price of the car You know It doesn't It doesn't even matter The age of the car You know You could buy You know A a 2009 Mercedes You know Two Two identical 2009, I don't know, CLKs. Same exact car made in the same exact year. And I'm I'm a Mercedes-Benz guy. I know all about Mercedes. Same car made in the same year. One car, a lot of highway miles, 120,000 miles. Another car with 10,000 miles. No, not 10,000, that's unrealistic. 2009, with 40,000 miles. I can tell you, Courtney, I'll ask you, the 2009 Mercedes-Benz CLK, what's the price of the one with 100,000 uh, miles? Um, It's going to be much lower. I can tell you, it'll it'll be a 09 
Mercedes was about you look at I'd say about about twenty thousand. Yeah. Know, about twenty thousand. But see, that's not a twenty thousand dollar car. You take the O mm-hmm. nine Mercedes Benz C L K, okay, with forty thousand miles, you're now you're up to about thirty two thousand dollars. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? Right. It's the, we're talking about a difference of about twelve to you know, and I'm you know I'm guesstimating. You guys can do some. I'm not far off. I can promise you that. But you see what I'm saying? There's going to be a difference of about twelve thousand dollars just because of the mileage. Same car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Understand that. My and so and I, I'm not. I don't want to hurt it. And this is where it gets uncomfortable from anywhere. I'm not trying to knock you. I'm not trying to say that God can't bless you. But what I'm saying is we have to celebrate celibacy. We have to celebrate respectability. Now, the Bible says clearly, though, that, you know, the, uh, that he can wash away your sins and make them white as snow. He can make you a new creature. You know, you, that's no problem. And he will bless you if you've got 50 partners. God can bless you with the man of your dreams. The question is, have you actually washed away those sins and have you... Changed your ways So It's what it is most, most people have not Which is why they don't have the life That they want to live So just respect yourselves Guys That's what it all comes down to Let's do a couple of advice questions Like I said This is a, a uh, You know An advice Ask State on advice edition You know Of the show And um, You know If you guys have questions In this last hour 646-200-0366 Hit the number one On your keypad Um a lot of good questions, a lot of comments. I see the live thread over in the friends group. Check it out. A couple questions here that I wanted to go over. Court, real quick, you you actually posted something uh, in the group, Courtney, about churches charging for baptism. That all about? <sighs> mm, mm, mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I um, I attended a church service. Uh, one Sunday, and um, in the announcements, like they weren't even doing this before, but in the announcements they were bringing up, you know, the date for the baptism or whatever, and they stated at the end of the announcement, um, it, you know, if you want to be baptized, the cost is $10. And I did a quick side eye. I said, wait a minute, ten- why is it even any cost? I don't even care if it was a quarter. Why are you charging, um, you know, for baptism like salvation that shouldn't you shouldn't be paying for that you can't buy your way into heaven so i mean i i have a huge problem with that and um they claim that the cost is covering a t-shirt the cost of a t-shirt that like really bothered me so much to the point that i said you know what i can't go to this church anymore like i can't even i can't get with that like i have a huge problem with that i have a big problem with Anyone who, any church who puts a whole bunch of emphasis on money for any reason, whether it's, you know, tithing and offering or, you know, different funds, the building fund, the, the, the whatever fund it is. I mean, I'm not saying you can't have a building fund, but I'm saying, you know, say what you got to say and keep it moving. You know, I remember I went to a church, um, and this was one of the best churches I've ever been to, actually. Um, some people know my ex she uh her her uncle was a pastor and you know I, I had a lot of respect for him because he wasn't all about money i remember he you know they were doing some things they moved from one church to a bigger church um god was really moving in the church 
and um, you know they were doing some some renovations and you know, putting an elevator and things like that in the church. And he was just like, "Look, we're not going to have a whole bunch of offerings. So we're not going to have an elevator fund. We're not going to have a, a a building fund or anything like that." He said, "We're just going to tithe and we're going to give and we're going to trust." You know what I'm saying? And that was that. You're going to do what you're supposed to do, and that money is going to be enough to do what they had to do. And would you believe it that that's just what it was? And that's how it should be. See, the problem with this is a lot of pastors are not trusting the congregation. They're not trusting the congregation. Really, they're not trusting God. You know what I'm saying? But really, they're not trusting the congregation uh, to give and to see value in what they're asking them to do, that's why they have to say, "Well, look, it's not. Don't just give. I mean, it's okay to say what you want, what you need. You can put it out there. Church knows, so you give. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's real. And a lot of churches are not trusting God. A lot of churches are not trusting the congregation. That's why they they get act real funny when when they you know and start charging for all types of stuff, like you said, Courtney, which they shouldn't even be charging for. How do you charge for a baptism? How do you have a hundred dollar line? How do you? I saw somewhere somebody put up the names of the non tithers on a bulletin board. You know, in the lobby. Craziness, foolishness. You know, beware of this type of behavior, guys. Mm-hmm. If if that's your church, you need a new church. I can guarantee. You. you see a whole bunch of homosexuals in the aisles praising and worshiping. You need to. You need a new church. You need a new pastor because I'm not saying that homosexuals can't go to church and get saved, but when you have a pastor who allows that type of stuff and who celebrates that type of stuff and it's like it's okay, it's it's in the culture of that church just to be flamboyant and be gay, that's a problem. That's a major problem. When you start seeing people in leadership who are gay and are and are flamboyant, that's a problem. That's a mockery in fact. You know, be clear about that. I just posted online, shout out to all the women who have had sex with less than 10 men. I commend you, and I respect you. This will be very interesting to see how many thumbs up this gets. Let me go very and give that a like. Yeah, yeah, you give that the like. No, and, and, and do it. You know, like, do it. You know, if you if it's you, then, you know, like it. But even if it's not you, you should like it. You know what I'm saying? You know, people people act real funny when it comes to Facebook, man. People act real funny. You know, this show has a lot of listeners. I post something, and, and some people won't even give it the thumbs up. Some people won't. I mean, and I don't. I don't have a problem. I don't do things for thumbs up. I doesn't. I could care less. You know, I don't really don't care. But like, people won't even give a thumb up to a, a scripture. You know, like a Bible. Christians who won't even like. I'll see people on Facebook. Who, who I won't even know, but they'll just be on my friends list. Don't post the scripture. I don't know them or nothing about them, but if it's the word of God, I'll give it the thumb up just off the strength of this the word of God because we have to stick together as Christians. This is a Christian show. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it'll be people who won't give it the thumb up because they don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I listen to the show, or this is a post that I can relate to. Like, it doesn't matter if you can relate to it. Who cares? Because now it's like Facebook says, so Courtney Hollins liked this post now it's like in your newsfeed what you like so all your friends can see what you liked so if you like the data on Tolbert show oh you must like you must need help you must be one of the people he counsels no maybe you just like real radio 
You know, maybe you just like real radio that matters. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm waiting on that. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to throw it in there. I'm just saying. It it shouldn't matter. People are too worried about what people think. I don't care what people think, and you shouldn't either, as long as it's, it's pleasing to God. Like, this show is pleasing to God. We're not doing anything. We're not talking about anything that's not pleasing to God. We're not doing or saying the the group is not doing or saying anything that's not pleasing to God. If someone does, I call them on it. You've seen me. Don't post stuff like that in here. I have no problem saying that. You see it. So if anybody gets out of pocket, they want to debate, they're gone. They want to bring negativity, drama, strife, hate. They're gone, plain and simple. So you should support positivity is all I'm saying. That's it. You know, people, your Facebook friends cannot do anything to you that God can't protect you from. You know what I'm saying? We're not. There are people who who will talk about scandal, but won't even give a thumb up to a to a post on Facebook about Jesus Christ. Is, is that blurred lines? Mm-hmm. You see how that's, that's there's a problem there. It's a little backwards. Yeah, I see that all the time on Facebook. All the time. People be like, scandal comes on. Uh, let's get our popcorn ready, ladies. And then, like, you know, someone posts, like you said, a scripture. It's like silence, crickets. Right, man. It is what it is, man. And, but but then funny thing is those would be the same women who are single complaining about their relationship drama, where all they mm-hmm. have to do is listen to this show and they all their questions are answered. You guys know that, right? Listening to this show will bring you love. And then don't let you get private counseling. I mean, that just takes it to a whole other level. But just listening to this show, I shouldn't say that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that does go on through private counseling. You know what I'm saying? But this is certainly a step in the right direction, is listening to this show. So hearing about these topics discussed from a general perspective. So, you know, just start the process. You know, even if it just means listening, you know, then at some point, you know what I mean, reaching out. Because that's usually how it goes. Most of the people who I work with privately have, they don't just, they're not newer listeners. Most people listen for a couple months, couple years, whatever. It's okay, I'm ready to start the process. And I'm okay with that. What else can we talk about? Um, so, yeah, 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 baptism, charging for stuff. Leave that, leave that alone, man. Pastors, man. Driving Cadillac Escalades, Benzes. And I have no problem with that either. I have no problem with a pastor driving a nice car, but just make sure your church is straight. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure that your congregation is straight. You know, don't don't have, you know, $100 lines making a big deal of offerings, and then, you, you know, it's clear where that money is going to that $1,000 car note. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, here's a, another couple good questions here that I wanted to touch on. Um, I'm just going to pick one. Somebody asked the question of why, why is it that most, Big booty black women have bad hair, or the so-called what? bad chick isn't bad unless she has an expensive weave, a pound of makeup, and something that reveals her body. And why is natural bad, uh, and or always something that comes from another country or foreign, as we call it in America? This is actually a really good question. You know, this is actually a very good question and a very real question. You know, and and I li- and what he did is he he uh, put in quotations. Uh, why is it that most? He didn't say all, 
but he said most black women, most big booty black women, have bad hair. Interesting, because I have. I'll be see. I keep it honest. I've I see that when you see women with the super big butts, ninety percent of the time, as you know, accompanying that big butt is a long weave. And here's the thing, though. Also, when you see a woman with a big butt, the only reason we're really able to know that it's a big butt usually is when you're showing off that butt. Because you can have a big butt that's covered up, which makes it not look so big. But a lot of times when we see the big booty, it's usually we see it in some short shorts, you know, some tights with nothing covering it up, you know, and so... That's why it's the it's it's viewed as being big, and when you see women clearly showing it off, they're usually doing the most. That's the first time in in history I've ever used that expression. Is that a Chicago term? She's doing the most. What the heck? It what must is, what be because I say it all the time. I've been hanging around all... you too long, Courtney, because I've never <laughs> said that. That was literally the first time in history I've ever said that. You guys yeah, know you never off. heard. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. do it. It just fit though. You like that. Didn't you? I mean, yeah, but that it works there. A lot of women they're just doing the most. They're do, they're doing too much. You know, it's like the booty, the boobs, the weaves, and it's like, what, what is that? What what is that, Courtney? Do you see some truth in that in that statement? Yeah, I was one of those women. So at one point, so um, yeah, I mean. That I think what it boils down to, it's not enough fathers out there, you know, really um, being there for their daughters. And so women are growing up thinking that they have to portray this, you know, sexual image. It's like, you know, they know they have a nice body, and so they figure, okay, you know, let me put this long weave in because that's what men want. But the reality is, you know, men can't stand that. But they don't know that, you know, because they, they've grown up without a father and they've had these men blow their heads up. And it's just it's sad because they think it's attractive and, you know, black men are looking at it like the, the complete opposite. It's very unattractive. Yeah. Yeah, you you hit the nail, and I actually said this, I think, what, yesterday on the show uh, in regards to black fathers. I said that, um, you know, I said that great fathers teach their daughters to respect their body and to not be anyone's friend with benefits, you know, and that's what we're not seeing a lot of in today's society. You know, we're seeing a lot of men who are afraid to step up and be fathers, and their daughters are suffering as a result. You know, great fathers, the best fathers, like my my uh, like, well, my father, but also who who uh, instilled great principles and morals into my daughter, and us, uh, my daughter, my sister, and uh, but also my wife's father, rest in peace. He passed away a couple years ago. One of the best men that I've known, you know, but raised my wife to have an extremely high level of self-esteem and and and, and morals, and and her sister, two very respectable women, and that is the you know that's what these women need, you know, is a great father, someone who cares, and I even tell you, see, see, I remember, see, you guys know me, I'm not a punk, you know, I'm not scared. Of anybody, you know what I'm saying? I speak my mind. I'm very opinionated. But at the same time, 
you know, my wife's father sat me down. He said, yo, let me talk to you. Me, not, not here. You know, see me outside. So we stepped out onto the, uh, you know, the patio. And, uh, you know, he said, you know, have a seat. Sat down. He said, look. He said, I like you. But at the same time, I love my daughter. And nobody is going to hurt my daughter. So, you know, you, you, you know, he said, me and you are good. As long as you and her are good, you know what I'm saying? She said, but at the end of the day, I'm paraphrasing, you know, but at the end of the day, she's my priority. She's my responsibility until I walk her down that aisle. And she said, he said I, I want you to know that I have her back regardless what happens. I said, hey, I respect that. You know what I'm saying? We shook hands, and then we started talking about, you know, some other stuff, back to sports, back to, you know, and and. That may have seemed insignificant, you know, but I promise you it was very it was very real and it was very serious. You know, and it wasn't anything like he was punking me or I was you know what I'm saying, nothing like that, but at the same time, that's what fathers are supposed to do for their daughters. And this is me, you know what I'm saying? He sat me down and said this to me. So if more I promise you, if more black women felt protected and like their fathers had their backs one we would see a lot more women respecting themselves two we would see a lot more men or excuse me a lot less men you know being being able to disrespect and break the hearts of these these women out here how about that story Courtney? that's a beautiful story um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're so right and it just shows how important it is um, you know, to to have a father around. Not to say that if he's not you, you know, won't you know, won't be able to move past that, but it is very important, you know, to have that um early on um because I I know, you know, the the consequences and the effects of not having uh, a dad around. So, but that was a great story, though. I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post his uh, his picture in the group. I posted the um, the picture of uh, my wife and I's wedding the other day. A lot of people seem to enjoy that. You know, I mean that's that's what it is. And I, you know, I'll post the whole link, and you guys can go on my page and you know see the uh, the wedding albums and things like that. But at the end of the day, this is what it's all about. It's all about love, you know what I'm saying? It's all about, you know, friendship. It's all about respect. And what we're seeing a, a, a very, you know, small amount of in today's society is, are those two things, love, trust, honor, and respect. So it's not a coincidence that we're seeing relationships that aren't lasting more than six months, more than a year, more than two years. You know, I don't talk about it a lot, but I also do um, – uh, marriage counseling. You know, check out trctoday.com for a list of all the services Tolbert Relationship Counseling provides, but marriage counseling, premarital counseling, couples counseling, you know, and individual counseling as well. That's what my, my passion is, is individual helping women prepare themselves to be found by love. But, you know, if you're already in love and it's, things are not going the way you want, you know, we can work on that. You know, definitely call me, 855-55-DATON, or just shoot me an email at datonatrctoday.com. 
Um, yeah, so yeah, I just posted the uh the picture of her father, my wife and her father, man. I can't say enough of good things about uh you know, about her, her dad, just in in the role, the job he did, you know, raising her. People ask me, like, yo, man, like where where did you meet your wife? Like how did you find her? Like what was that, what was that all about? Like how did you do that? Just cuz I'm like, yo, you know, just a blessing. That's it. I'm saying he's got to pray. And, and you know, you, you see a lot. I know shout out to Marv. He was, you know, posting some things about just what he's seeing and what he's not seeing out here. And a lot of men, you know, I talk to on a regular basis have some not so good thing to say things to say about the dating pool, but it's not about the dating pool. It's about your relationship with God. That's, I mean, that's really all it's about. You know what I'm saying? Because when you make a decision as as a man that you're going to live for Jesus Christ, you know, as opposed to looking for a wife, then everything else falls into place. Any, any thoughts on that, Courtney? We'll do a couple more that's, questions. Oh, no, I was just about to say, I mean, that's very true. I think a lot of times we do um, tend to concentrate on the ro- on the wrong things, and we feel like, you know, we can do it ourselves. A lot of times we feel like, well, God isn't moving fast enough, so I have to go ahead and I have to uh, I have to make it happen myself. And if you notice, when you do that, that's when things don't work out, and that's when you you know end up in those meaningless relationships. Whereas if you were just to take that time just to focus on God, that is when you know He'll, he'll bless you when you're not even that's- thinking about it, not even concentrating on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, somebody asked a question of, is there such a thing as a woman being too slutty? Now, this was posted in another group, another group that I'm in, um, you know, not a Christian group. So the, the answers are always going to be interesting in these other groups, these alternative groups, these secular groups. Um, what do you think about the answer to that? Because a lot of women, they think that, well, you know, yeah, I can be a little slutty, or, or even men like a little bit of sluttiness, which which is interesting because I, I where where do they do that at? You know, I've never heard that from any man. Oh yeah, I want my girl to be a little bit of a slut. Like what the heck? Who says that? What, what did you? What are your thoughts on that question? Yeah, I'll be honest. When you just read that to me, kind of threw me off. Like too slutty. You're either slutty or you're not. It's not. <laughs> you know, it's not levels. It's not levels of sluttiness, you know, at all. It's that's crazy. Um, I don't even really. I'll be honest. I don't even know how to answer that. You either have your clothes on and you're covering your breasts up and you're covering your body up, or you are showing your cleavage and showing off your body, which would make you slutty. Right, and that's the whole thing, ladies. Is you know you can't you can't be a slut of any kind. And expect to have love, and expect to have happiness, and expect a man to view you as his future wife. Men and we talk about this on a regular basis, but men don't want sluts. You know what I mean? We we want respectable women, and when a lot of women, the the natural or the the common rebuttal to that is, well, I see all the the sluts or the slutty women, the sexy women, they get all the compliments, and when I go out with class, then you know, men don't pay me any attention. Well, exactly. That's the whole point. Because when men go out to these clubs, they're looking for ass. Excuse my language, but that's you know that's what they're looking for. That when we went out, we weren't looking for the respectable women of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, we still had our eyes open for that diamond in the rough, the woman who who went against the grain. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. 
you're going, think, I mean, let's just be honest for a second. I mean, when you're going out, you know, after midnight, now, it's funny, in, in hindsight, like, it's weird. In the, in the moment, you know, we try to pretend like, oh, yeah, you know, we're just going out. But, I mean, the reality is we were going out to to get into some trouble, you know. And, and if people are willing to be honest with themselves, they, they'll agree. Because I've lived, no one's partied more than me. You know what I mean? There's there's no one who's party. Like, I literally partied, you know, my whole adult life. You know what I mean? Like So I'm talking about every day, every other day, like multiple times, Friday, Thursday, Friday. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I lived that whole life for the majority of my 20s. So it's like, you know, no one's done that life more than myself. And so I can be honest with you and tell you from both perspectives, the men are going out. You know, looking. If you excuse my language, I'm just gonna be real. The men are going out chasing ass, and the women are going out to be found, to give up the ass. That's just that's what it is. People can disagree, but you're you're you're, you're talking to the wrong person because I've lived it. You know, and been around thousands of women over the course of thousands of men, seen it firsthand, participated firsthand. I know what's going on out here. You know, you don't go out to a club, get your grind on all night, come out the club sweaty, and then stand outside in 40-degree weather playing the let out just for the heck of it. No, you you know, you don't have all that fun in the club and then, then not stand outside to try to either get some numbers or give out your number if you're a woman. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? So the women who, and the funny thing is, we used to talk about this stuff amongst ourselves. We used to be like, like say we would get there at a club at say eleven, eleven thirty. We'd be like, oh, the club would be popping, you know. Like we would, we didn't go to these hood spots. We would go to like the, the, you know, the urban professional, like because we, you know, at that point we we're trying to find some, some what we called at the time quality women. See, and that's the thing, ladies. There are quality women, and then there are non-quality women or low-quality women. That's a, and we're talking about in the club, in a club environment. I own, we only my homies and I we only dealt with what we would call quality women. Somebody may say, "Well, what's a quality woman?" Well, a quality woman are is the non-weave wearers, you know, the women who are not sluts, are not freaks, the women who you might even be able to get a number, have a conversation with, possibly go out on a couple of dates with. You know, then low-quality women are women you're just smashing, you know, or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, or you just don't care what you're doing. It's just like you know there's no future there whatsoever. The women who are just the freaks. So that's the. So even if you are living a certain type of lifestyle, you at least want to be viewed as a quality woman. Because trust me, there is a difference. A lot of women just say, "Oh, it's either you go to the club or you don't go to the club, or you're a church girl or you're not a church girl." No, there are levels. They're not level, like Courtney said. They're not levels of sluttiness, but there are levels of different women who live certain types of lifestyles. Just because you go out, see, I don't judge because I, like I said, I used to go out all the time, so I didn't judge people who went out because I believe. See, I'm not one of those people who say you can't find your wife in the club. You can find a wife in the club. You can find a husband, or you can be found by your husband in a club. You know what I'm saying? You can. I'm not going to say you can't. Because I'm not going to say that Christians don't go to clubs, because they do. You know what I'm saying? I've always loved Jesus Christ, right? But I wasn't always living, even though I wasn't living for Jesus Christ, 
I still love Jesus Christ and I was still a Christian. Did I go to the club? Was I looking for a wife? Absolutely. Now, it just so happens that I didn't meet my wife in the club. However, I could have, you know, very easily. My wife wasn't a clubber, but she's been to the club with her girlfriends, different places. Who knows? We could have met there and then transformed our lives. You know, she was in a different place even when we did meet. I was in a place where I'm not now. I'm in a much better place spiritually now than I was. So is she. You see what I'm saying? So it's not, so, so don't, a lot of people, and this is a whole other topic, but a lot of people say, well, you can't meet, ain't nobody in the club. Well, who say? I'm not, now, I'm not telling you to go to the club either. But what I'm saying is, for the people who are saying that it's impossible, no, it's not, nothing's impossible. What do you think about that, Courtney? I I think you can, you know, you can find the person that's for you, that God has for you anywhere. It's no um, specific place, you know, you can determine, you know, where that you'll meet that person. They could be online. They could be, you know, in the club. They could be the grocery store. It really it doesn't matter. It's just all about you being um, emotionally available to receive that love, and God will, you know, bless you in whatever way um, that he wants to. So That's all it is. That's what it is. That's the key is being emotionally available. Now, if you're emotionally available, you're probably not going to be in the club. But then again, you know, you might be. You might just be happen to be there with, you know, a birthday party for one of your girls. You know, I've that's happened. I tell you guys that story all the time about the uh, this AKA chick that I met one time in, in the most hood club ever. And like I was there with some homies that I, you know, had no business being there. I just happened to be there one night, not my scene. Spotted this young woman, you know, light skin. Well, not that that matters, but she was light skin, had long hair, had like like a like a super preppy type of look. And I just we approached her. I was like, "Yo, excuse me, if you don't mind, it's like, what are you doing here?" She was like, "Oh no, I know, it's crazy, right? I'm just here. You know, my my friends dragged me out. I, I'm here from uh, Florida. I'm just here for the weekend. So you know, I, they said they wanted to go out. I had no idea the place was gonna be like this. So I'm just you know here. You know, I'm." Ready to go actually I was like yeah I feel you I'm here too So we ended up talking the vast majority of the night You know exchange numbers Talk for a little while after that You know it didn't really go anywhere But it was just the fact that Neither one of us was where we were supposed to be Or where we were used to being So it's just you know it's just Fate whatever destiny You know God can match people up However at any point I could have met her And that could have been my wife right then and then Who knows that's not how, but you see what I'm, my, my point is? This one of the most ridiculous women I've ever uh, experienced in my life. I, I, a lot of these stories you guys may have heard, but one time I was uh, interacting with this young woman in, in a club, and I, I remember meeting her. I was like, you know what? We are just talking. I think we danced like one time. We went off to a secluded spot. Ended up talking like the whole rest of the night. No even, no dancing, just really just talking. And um, I was like, well, look, it's, it was good good talking to you. I said, you know, I'd like to continue this conversation. Why don't you uh, take down my number? Why don't you, you know, we can exchange numbers or whatever. And she was just like, oh, it was really nice talking to you, but I don't I don't give out my number to men I meet in the club. Like, what? <laughs> I was, <laughs> yeah, like that was, that's my reaction, Courtney. I was like, what the heck? And I really, I thought, I mean, that's really not what I said. I just wanted to be like, you dumb you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Honestly, at the time, I remember thinking that. I was just looking at her. Like, first, I was like, first of all, 
You're not even that thorough, to be real with you. You know what I mean? Like you're like like Marv said, you're like a strong strong seven. five. Uh. You know, I know she was no 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 don't, don't get that twisted. We wouldn't have been speaking. You know what I mean? She was a five. You know, I, trust me. If she was a five, I would have been back on that dance floor someplace. But no, she she was a strong seven. You know, Marv knows about it. The fellas know what that looks like. I mean, it was, she was cool. So we could we could talk. We exchanged numbers. I mean, I wasn't impressed. Not like she was a nine, you know what I mean? But she was strong, strong seven. If you missed our show on the definition of a dime, definitely check that out. You may want to understand the rating scale. Um, and it was just one of those things where she w- she was feeling herself a little bit too much. She, I guess she felt like she looked a lot better than what she actually did. And I was just like, you know, she was like, well, I don't meet men that I, or I don't exchange numbers with or I don't give my number out to men who I meet in the cup. First of all, I didn't even say I wanted her number. I think I was like, why don't you take down my number, you know, hit me up sometime. I think that's most likely what I said. So when she said, I don't give out my number, I'm like, chick, I didn't even ask you for your number. But after that, I was just like, so let me just get this straight. I said, so if you would have met me at the let out or maybe even on the way to your car or maybe even tomorrow in the library, you're saying that you you would give out your number? She's like, yeah, probably. And then I really said, oh, you dumb. <laughs> I said, because that's just stupid. That that just makes no sense. I said, you I said, you know, it would. I'd be the same person, right? Like, it wouldn't be like a clone or someone. Did, it, I'm talking about me. She's like, no, I know. It's just I've just had some bad experiences in the club, and I just don't give out my number to men. I said, so you, you realize you could possibly meet out on some actually really great guys, you know, who you just happened to meet. I said, do you know any men, just out of curiosity, who have gone to the grocery store or who go to church but who've never been to a club? She said, no, I don't think so. I said, all right, look, you have a good night, okay? And I just walked off. <laughs> she, I, she was going to piss me off. She was just going to piss me off after that. I said, oh, I'm done. I said, all right, well, look, it was good talk. You have a nice night. And I walked out. But <laughs> hold up. But here's the crazy thing. Why later on that night, at the let out, did I see her posted up, giving her, putting her number into somebody's phone now? Wow. You know what I mean? Before the club was over, I saw her backing it up onto somebody, giving it to him all crazy. And then at the let out, you know what I mean, giving giving the number. See, and this is what I talk about. This is what we talk about when we when we get into the games being played in and out of the bedroom. Games like that are exactly why so many women are single, you know, because it's just like, one, they're feeling themselves way too much, and they think that the, I guess what she expected was for me to chase her or for me to beg her. It's like, oh, no, you should give me your number. Like, I'm not going to beg you. You know, like one woman I met one time a long time ago, she was like, um, what did she say? She was like, well, why, don't you, why don't you call me sometime? I think I know, actually, at that time, I think I did actually ask her for a number, and she 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 played me and was like, you know, I'm, let me think about it. She's like, I'm gonna come back, and if you're still here, then we can we can talk again. I said, Oh, you must be out of your freaking mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do you know who you're talking to? Like, I'm only gonna call you just to smash anyway. Like, do you th- and that's the, I mean, and I'm being honest. Like, that's where it was at that point. And a lot of women, they they think that they have some type of leverage. They think that they have control over a situation by whether or not they give out their number. When the guy, he's only asking for the number 
because of the way that she's presenting herself. You know, that's the whole thing. Like, if you have an attitude and, for whatever reason, you end up giving the number, you're just going to get smashed off anyway, and he's never going to call you again. So it it behooves you to not have an attitude and to be cool. Otherwise, you're going to put yourself right into the jump-off category and you don't e- without even knowing it. Courtney, you know a little something about that, right? Like the attitude? Yeah, yeah. Because I used to, I used to um, be in the club feeling myself. And so I used to act like those women that you just spoke of, you know, playing those, those types of games and had an attitude. Like I was just, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. Like I had all of these options and, you know, and then I ended up getting played. Um, so, yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. It's just, it, it's sad because a lot of these games can be avoided. The best women, I and I think of, when I think of some of the best women, I think of some of the women right there in my own group, the Friends of the Data on Talbert Show group from, you know, Erin and Courtney and, and Cheryl and uh, just, you know, my wife, you know, I mean, like the women with the actual best personalities, you know, who are cool, you know, who are laid back, who are humble, who are not sexual, who are not stuck up, who are not sarcastic, you know what I'm saying? Like all that extra stuff, those are the women who just get smashed off on a Friday night. The women who have the great personalities are the ones who get committed to, who get rings, you know, who get respected. You know, and it just is what it is. And if you are a woman listening in tonight and you want to know if you, in fact, have the best possible personality, we're do- we're still doing the free personality assessment. If you want to take the personality test, which is comprised of questions and situations, that we as men use to determine if you are, in fact, the best possible woman with the best possible personality, hit me up. Call me, 855-55-DAYDON, or email me at daydon at trctoday.com. And that's what it's all about. It's all about, you know, personality. We've had the sex. We've had the games. We've done that. We've been there. But we, what we most likely haven't had is a woman who would pay for the first date is a woman who we can bring home to mom, is a woman who we can actually go to church with. See, because every woman you can't bring to home to mom. You know that, right? You know, how can I bring you home to mom when you're tatted up? How can I bring you home to mom when you got the nose and, and, and eyebrow piercing? You know, when you got the ridiculous weave hanging down to your butt. can't bring you home to mom. There's standards. And if we can't bring you home to mom, then we're only taking you home to the bedroom. Uh oh, I smell a Facebook post coming. <laughs> there you, that's there's a classic one right there. Courtney, remember I got a quick question. Oh, please. Yeah. Um. So you think? Yeah, you that, talk while. Um, oh, you talk while I, while I type that out real quick. Go ahead. <laughs> you do that anyway when I talk. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say. So you think nose piercings are are tacky? Yes, absolutely. Okay. No, I was just asking because I remember I used to. That was one of the piercings I used to have, and I used to uh, think that was just so beautiful. Let me say this: they're, I mean, to answer your question, no, they're, they're they are tacky and they're not sexy. However, they they work to a certain extent on certain women. 
Okay. Like, some women I've seen, it's like, it's not the worst thing in the world. It kind of works for them. Other women, it just looks ridiculous. Um, so, but yeah, it's just, it's just, I mean, overall, it's not a good look, and I wouldn't advise it, because it's not, it's just, it doesn't do anything positive for you. It doesn't mm-hmm. increase your value at all, or your looks, but some women can pull it off better than other women. It's not like the the, the, the most horrible thing you could do, but I, I just advise to stay away from it if, if I was women. You, you just used to wild out with the piercings. I mean, what, <laughs> Wait a minute. What's going on? You this were is pierced play up. Courtney night. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, did bring it up, Courtney. About, huh? You did bring it up. Yeah, I did, but I didn't expect it. <laughs> you to say that but yeah i don't think i talked about that piercing too much on the show but um that was the first like one of the first um piercings i got was my nose that was when i dyed my hair red and i went through a phase um yeah my hair was like fire engine red and i had like a a nose piercing um at one point now here's the thing though because now courtney you know that's one of the piercings you have, but you also had some some other piercings as well that you have revealed on the show. It's in the first time, so which is why we can talk about it publicly. But you, you know that was the first piercing you had. But what was maybe the second or third piercing that you got? Oh, are you referring to my nipple piercing? Yes, that was what I got after. Um, I got that like the a year after I got my nose piercing. Um, I got that really on a dare. Like I really hadn't thought about getting it, but we had just passed the tattoo place, and I just Who said, did? "Oh, me and um, my sorority sister, actually my did line sister." Get, did she do it as well? No, she didn't. So uh, I just I said, "Oh, I should get one." And she said, "Oh, yeah, you should." So we went in there, um, and then um, I got them pierced, and then I kept them for like I don't know four or five years after that. Let me ask you, what we we know why you got them, but what was the reason you kept them? Was it something that you felt was sexually appealing to men? Yes. I thought it was sexually appealing to men and I I just I was feeling myself too at that point. So I just thought I was sexy. So I thought, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to keep them in." And it it was crazy, but um yeah, that is why I kept it. And then like when I would deal with a guy and he knew that I had it, it was like, you know, I I don't know. I I like the feeling of um him being more attracted to me even though it was sexual attention. I think I liked that attention um that I received. Right. <clears throat> and that's the key. You know, is that m- most women <clears throat> they 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 get sexual attention from it, and because they were not used to getting attention of any kind from their father, you know, and you know, really their father, they love the attention. You know, they love the attention. It's not really what they wanted, but it will do. And that is not a good look. That's why it all goes back to these deadbeat bastard fathers who are not around, who are too busy chasing sex to tell their daughters, hey, you're beautiful. I play with my daughter all day a lot of times. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, just, I made a music video. Maybe I'll public. We did a, a video together. 
Actually, no one will see it. My wife is the only person that saw it because it's ridiculous. I'm singing on it. My 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 daughter's playing the, the drums. I recorded it, and we're making beautiful music together. It was like it's called the ABC song. We did the ABCs, but y'all don't need to know that. But the point I is, we had so much. It. No, 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 no one's gonna see that. No, that's not going up on YouTube. That's not getting posted. That's just something between me and my daughter that we can look back on. You know what I'm saying? But it's a, it's a nice little father daughter video. But that and she, and the funny thing is. She she likes just staring at herself in the mirror like myself. Like she likes just looking and watching herself in videos. And, and it's funny because she just will watch the video over and over again. Like again, again. <laughs> Come on. Like she keeps it. She like again. Like I, I play. I, it's like two minutes long. I have to play it like every time because she won't let me. She's like again. <laughs> and she'll make me continue playing it. So what I'm saying is that's what, what little girls need. They need attention. They need affection. They need to be told that they're special. When you don't have that, well, you know, they will get that attention one way or another. You know, whether it's from these men seeking sex, you know, or if it's their father actually telling them that they're beautiful and that they're special. But one way or another, that attention will be gotten or, or will be sought after, whether it's from nipple piercings or stupid, ridiculous videos. You know, with the, of the ABC song. So, it is what it is, man. Uh, we're going to get ready to wrap it up. You know, we're not really talking about anything life-changing right now. Just keeping it real, you know, like we always do. But sometimes we need to just talk about, um, you know, the small things. You know, the things that are small. Funny thing is, a lot of stuff we're talking about tonight, you know, is is not really super major. But for many women who, who have... who you know, did not have this information already, it is major. So I don't discount that. You know, I don't take anything for granted. Any information is, is good information if it's heard here on this show. Because the reality is some people just didn't have fathers. Some people don't have it. They don't know this stuff. You know, sometimes it's for me, I forget, you know, that, wow, like I, I'm a man. I've been through this stuff. I know it. But a lot of women have never heard this stuff before. And so that's what we're here for. You can count on us seven nights a week to, to, to bring you the realness. Uh, like I said, tune in tomorrow night for a classic rebroadcast of my special, classic special, where we talked about the butler and race relations in America, where we talked about everything and all the problems about the black community, where we stand, where we've been, where we are, and how far we need to go. Definitely you don't want to miss that show uh, if you miss it the first time around. Like I said earlier, we uh, or earlier in the week, TRC Auto Sales is now open. Check us out. If you have not, if you're looking for a car and you're in the Philly, Jersey, Delaware area, hit us up. Um, you know, come on down to the car lot uh, here in, in Philly on 6400 North 20th Street, Philly, PA, uh, or call the uh, call the office at 267-286-0027. Again, 267-286-0027. And the flyer is all over. It's on my website. It's on Facebook and all that stuff if you missed it. It's in the friends group. And um, what else, man? Courtney, any shout-outs or uh, information you want to give out? Um, no, not at the moment. Um, enjoyed the show. I can't wait till we are back live again. Absolutely. Guys, if you haven't already, do me a favor and get a copy of my classic novel, The Love We Had. Uh, if you haven't already, check it out. Great book. You get it right now. You will be finished it by tomorrow. Promise you that. 
Uh, and um, and that's what it is, man. Thank y'all for listening. Got a lot of good classic shows coming up in the future, so make sure you uh, you know, you never miss a night. Thank y'all for listening. I'll see y'all tomorrow night. Peace. Date on tour and motivated
Validate on the your motivation. Validate on to overcome and change. 